Live from Sacramento. Live from Sacramento. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. We are live. Oh, happy Wednesday. It's Deuce Mason. It's Morgan Reagan. Hey, Domo. Um, forgot how to use this thing. I'm good. I'm good. I feel really good. You know, it's good seeing uh, Whitey Gleason. Amazing. Whitey Gleason is someone who is an absolute icon in this industry. And especially locally, like, the guy is a creative genius. He may be, I think he's, what, how old is he, 77 now? I, so, you're a jerk. Okay, I can say that, though. Next year. We're close. I just <laughs> don't, year. I didn't respond to his text, but it's mm, okay. Yeah. Um, He's so good at what he does, and to do it at this level for so long... He belong. He should be. He should be doing a show full time. Just he, bosses. He should be here full time. <laughs> this guy understands how to do a show. Great content. Deuce in touch with the community. I love the guy. He's so. And I'm sorry, we're just having a tangent right now on Whitey because of the aura, the energy he brings into any building he walks in. Oh. And I would not be in this business doing what I'm doing without him. He's he's. Truly, I know he didn't remember in our crossover, but him and Mark Kreiler talking to them after getting fired from this place seven years ago is what one of the things that helped me going in this male-dominated business. And truly, having guys like him around means so much, but he's so underrated. He's so uber-talented, not only with the way that he can make up parody songs left and right, but the way that he's so witty, so quick, even on a live show, it's just incredible. I am so glad that he was in this room. I'm going to just keep touching the spot that he was in. Yeah, and if if you guys are just tuning in, you're going, why are they talking so much about Whitey Gleason? Did he die? No, I, he's still with us. He just did a show. <laughs> as far as we know. Yeah, well, uh... make sure he gets helped down the stairs. You're such a Actually, ass. no. This he could he could still ball. I bet he's still yeah. The guy. Why are you amazing. talking smack then, huh? I'm just kidding, man. I'm oh, just kidding. Well, appreciate you guys hanging out. Of course, we are here Monday through Friday from 11 to 2 p.m. right here on Sacktown Sports. We got a big time show for you today. I know we're inching closer and closer to the start of the final 25 games of the King season. So we'll talk about that. The Kings were back at practice yesterday. No De'Aaron Fox, no Demonis Sabonis. They were allowed to have that extra day off, which I would, if you're them, you 100% take that day off, right? Also, I guess Fox was in there earlier in the day working out with Luke uh, Laux. So. Oh, so he didn't really take the day off. He went in. Hey, when you're a hooper, you just want to be in it. Yeah. Want to be doing something. You want to keep going. You yeah, want yeah. to keep that pace. So I don't blame him for wanting to do that. But at the same time, yeah, if I needed that extra day off, man, I am t- Taking it. So we got to talk about that. Uh, we have to talk about some of these big concerns in the NBA because I feel like load management's becoming a big deal. The All Star ratings came out. Also, coming up at 1 p.m., one of the most talented people Ooh. in the business. Yep. He's a part of JJ Reddick's podcast, The Old Man and the Three. Jason Gallagher joins the show for the first time at 1 p.m. And it'll be great to catch up with him. He's a big Mavs fan. I want to ask him, you know, is he concerned about the Kings? You know, we're always Ooh. concerned about other yeah. teams. 
Does he have any concern whatsoever when he looks at the Sacramento Kings? Yeah. No, well, that's what? He also did the uh, Hallelujah song. He did. He wrote I, that. I mean, again, we were just talking about someone like Whitey Gleason, who's so creative and so good at everything he does in this business. Jason Gallagher is another one of those guys with the parodies that he writes. And um, the Hallelujah song obviously has like millions of views. Uh, but Jason does so much more with that with J.J. Reddick and with his creative content as well. Morgan Reagan. That's my name. We get a game. When? Tomorrow. Kings and Blazers. You know, Chris was saying during his update that they're taking on the three-point contest winner. I was listening to a... <laughs> that sounds so pathetic. Let, this, I no, this love I, this. I, I need to... Do wait, I have wait. to say it? Yeah, no, no. So, sounding pathetic, what did you listen to? What did you do? Last night I was listening to a Blazers podcast live on YouTube. Wait. No! Yeah, are you okay? It was just live. I'm like, let's peep. Man, I, I just, I feel like it's so fascinating to listen to another fan base's thoughts on things. <laughs> I love it. The way they were talking about Damian Lillard's All-Star Weekend was as if he just had a compound fracture, put the bone back in, kept playing in one game seven. Of the NBA Finals. Wait, wait, wait. They were, like, putting, like, this seals the deal. I mean, you talk about what everything Dame's done in his career. For him to win that three-point contest, to be a part of that legacy, I'm like, oh, man, I I like Dame, but even this is a lot for me. But it was just interesting to hear that viewpoint because I feel like we do the same thing. We come after a King's there win. Oh, if Herder, like, if Herder won that three-point contest? That's what I was no, just thinking. What are we going to go? What no, would you say? No, what no, would you say? Well, here's the thing that I was going to say. We wouldn't sound like that. Yeah, <laughs> but there's people in this fan base that would feel that way. Now, something I did say that was really strong, in my opinion, where some people are going to laugh at me. They're going to be like, "That's strong." I said, "Oh, can he gain his confidence back f- from beyond the arc after having a good three point comp- uh, contest?" And instead, he did awful. So d- now, am I? Should I ask the question? Is his confidence worse? No, I'm not going to ask that question. But also, if he did win it, no, it's not like Kevin Herter's back. Baby, you know, it was just interesting to get that perspective because after a a Kings win, we get kind of, I mean, I felt that sometimes Sabonis is like a 20, 20, 10 game. You're just like, man, we don't appreciate this guy enough. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, I'm hearing another fan base talk about this. This is crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm sure people make fun of us. That was my whole point because I was making fun of them. And then I had this moment. Well, I'm like, oh, I do the same thing with the Kings. 100% yeah. people make fun of us, Deuce, because also, though, the fun part about it, though, being in the Sacramento Kings fan base um, and talking about them and covering them all the time is that we preferen- preference things. Did I say that right? No, preface? Preface, th- <laughs> preface things with, um, hey, we're saying this and being extra excited because it's in Sacramento. Like, for example, when the Kings would beat a good team in the beginning of this year and then other fan bases would come at us and be like, what? It's just one game on a Wednesday. And we're like, we don't care. This one game on a Wednesday right now, we're going to celebrate because we didn't have it last Wednesday. We didn't have it last year. We celebrate all the wins where when you see a team, a fan base that's had Dame Lillard in their organization for that long, it's a little weird. That's all. Is that fair? Christopher Lodd, local cup half full type of guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say that the Kings losing for so long, I think that has made me a better fan 
where mm-hmm. I live in the moment where I'm just like, I'm going to appreciate Man. each win <laughs> because you don't get any of them anymore. No, and I think more fans should have that perspective. But I think they're so... There's and some... I might dig in a little on social media to those other teams like, ha, 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 <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. terrible. Our team is terrible and you lost. Losers. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think more people need to enjoy the moment, to be honest. I mean, I, it's, yeah. it's funny just, again, we all live in different bubbles on social media, right? There's Reddit. There's our Discord. There's Twitter. There is Instagram. I'm in our Discord today, and it's like, man, it's going to be heartbreaking when Vanderbilt and D'Angelo Russell beat us in the play I'm like, how does it... It is the day before the final 25 games of the season. The Kings are the number three seed right now, seven games above 500. Like, you don't have to think bad things. It's like you're a, I think Kings fans sometimes get into this point where they're doomsday preppers. You know what I mean? Like those crate, you've seen those shows. Yeah. They build the elaborate thing. They got all the dry food. They got the bunker. They're ready to go. Just in case that asteroid comes to town. Yeah. And blows it up, or there's some nuclear attack. Some Kings fans are like that. It's like, uh, this is good right now, but I'm t- you know, I'm, there could be an asteroid tomorrow, and it's coming. I'm going to be ready for it. You know there's, like, places in the desert that people go, and they, they purchase or they put a down payment on, and they're, like, bunkers in the desert. So yes. then if there was a zombie aco- uh, apocalypse, there we go. Which we might be talking about today. Which we might be talking about today. And so, yes, that's exactly – Deuce, it's a real thing. People really get that dark. I get it, but it, when you your team – like Chris was just saying, when your team has not won, at any high level mm-hmm. for this long. Yeah. I'm not saying you need to think they're the best and ignore that the they're flaws. flaws and that they have to get better. Yeah. All I'm saying is like, hey man, this is fun. That's it. That's this is it. Cool. Be realistic yeah. about it. Be like just how you would with a child that you see developing or, or saying words finally because you're like, wow, they're understanding words in their little human kid brain. Well, I think what you're saying is <laughs> enjoy the moment when they're a kid because you can't be thinking about, oh, they might they might get addicted to drugs at some point. That's where I was going mean, to go. Imagine thinking like that. Imagine you have this little kid and you're like, this is so fun. I'm throwing him in the air. Yeah, but. What's going to happen when he's 17 years old and right. he's doing heroin? Right, exactly. <laughs> are you talking about your dad? What? <laughs> no, what are, where are you going with that? That is so dark and deep. I thought that was the example you're going no. with here. I, I didn't know. <laughs> I, I was trying to understand where the hell you're going. Yeah, just enjoy the moment is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy the moment. That's all. We have 25 games to go. The game starts. <laughs> the, the next part of the oh. season starts coming tomorrow night. Kings and Blazers. Uh, and this is tough because you start with the Kings and the Blazers. Then the very next night, you're in L.A. to take on a Clippers team. And it could be Russell Westbrook's debut. Then you travel to OKC for two. Let's not jump so far ahead. Don't jump. I want to ask you this. And I want to ask the people in the chat at YouTube.com slash Sports 1140 You can call, too, if you want to use your voice. 1-800-920-1140. What's the biggest question you have about this team over the next 25 games. Ooh. And when do you want me to answer? Do you have a good answer? I would say my, you know, this one, this was tough because when I thought of my answer, I also thought of like, I I feel like I'm being a little harsh. Okay. Um, but I had to think of something. Okay. You want to know? I do want to know. Yeah, so that's why I asked. I was thinking my biggest question was 
really the roster construction when I look at this second half of basketball or the last 25 games of basketball. And I throw that question out there because I think about what they didn't do at the trade deadline, what they may or may not be able to do in the buyout market, and what their plan is going forward, right? Is it what changes are you going to make? Because here's another question going on to that. The way that you are doing things is not going to be sustainable if you want to be a postseason team every year. You know, it's not sustainable. I think about De'Aaron Fox and his legs. I think about Domas Sabonis and his face. You know, getting hit in the face a hundred times. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> not literally his face. I'm worried about his, his beautiful face. face. You can't do anything about it. So I think about those things and I go, well, that's not sustainable. So anyway, roster construction is my big thing. Do they have the pieces to perform at a high level in the last 25? I'm going to give you my answer. We're going to do it in one minute on the radio side. Uh, We'll keep this going. We're always live on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. You could also comment there. Hit the thumbs up and give us a call. 916-339-1140. It's Deuce and Mo. We're back in 60 seconds. In Mo on Sacktown Sports. I miss basketball. I mean, if I'm listening to live Blazers podcasts on YouTube on a Tuesday night, that's when you know you kind of miss basketball. And I watched a little bit of AEW Dark on YouTube. I was on our YouTube. that? Yeah, it's whatever. Dude, YouTube's where it's at. I love YouTube. I mean, why do you think we're on YouTube? Why do you think we talk to the YouTubers? Yeah. Dude, and thank you guys, by the way, for making um, this channel grow and each and every one of our shows, like the numbers just keep going up and up. So thanks. It's great. I love it. Long road. We're having fun. We appreciate you guys being here. So 25 games to go for the Sacramento Kings starting tomorrow night at Golden One Center. Kings, Blazers, kind of a new look Blazers team. Matisse Thibault in the fold. Dame's been playing some incredible basketball before uh, this all-star break. Of course, won the three-point contest. He's a stud. He's pulling up from half. Him pulling up from half court and at all. I know it's a bad All Star game. Pulling up from half court, like it ain't no thing. That was crazy. Yeah. So they have that matchup coming up tomorrow. <sighs> we were wondering, what is your one big question about this team? And it doesn't mean you're concerned about it. It's just a question. Like mine's yep. more of a question. Okay. I am just interested. How is this team mm-hmm. going to handle? meaningful games the rest of the year. Ooh. Ooh. It's just, you know, okay, are they are they prepared for it? You yeah. Know, you have some players on the team that have gone through it. You know, Barnes has played in playoff games. Um, Sabonis has, but they don't have, like, a ton of guys that, that have a lot of legit playoff experience. Mm-mm. And down the stretch of the season, how are you going to handle it when teams are just a little more engaged, right? The stakes are higher. Other teams have improved, like you've talked about in the Western Conference. Yeah. How are they going to proceed? Like, are they ready for what it's going to take? The physicality, the intensity, the focus. It's such a great, that is such a great question. And really, I think about when you ask that, I I think of the word focus. 
You know, how are they going to be when they come into these games, when these other Western Conference teams have made the adjustments to their squad and have a little fire under their tush to do a little bit better, to not only take on the Sacramento Kings on a Tuesday night and look at them like the Sacramento Kings and go, oh, we have better players. We know how to do this. Now, we talked about this yesterday when talking about the Western Conference, too, and you were really into how the Kings – overall as a team have something about their squad right that that can win basketball games but when you think about experience and some of these other teams in the west and how far some of these other guys have gone and how far the kings and players on the kings squad haven't gone it's going to make a difference it can but you also need that experience and just because you don't have experience doesn't mean you can't handle it either right I mean, I, I think the other thing, too, with this group is, you know, I, I there's a lot of noise about, and they're not, they haven't played well. As if, because they did, haven't been playing before the All-Star break as well as they have in other portions, yeah. that means they're going to play the exact same way, and that's going to lead to a ton of losses. Yeah, if they're playing defense like they did against Houston, they're not going to win many games, period. Oof. But I just think it's an assumption, like, can the Kings be better in the final 25 games? Is that crazy to suggest that maybe that with this amount of time together, a brief break for some of the guys, that they could be better? Like, they're getting to know each other. We have seen glimpses. I heard Jay and Whitey today talking about the Kings' defensive rating in the fourth quarter of games in the top 10. Now, doing that over a 48-minute stretch, that you got you to gotta be consistent. That's yeah. what we always talk about with players and teams. You want to be good? You got to do it. At a high level, you want to be great? It's doing it every single night. Every single quarter. Every single quarter. It's being that locked in and engaged. I mean, they could be better. They could be better coming out of the break. Yeah, that's what... <sighs> they got through this funk before the break uh-huh. with Fox be- missing, yep. right? He missed some time. Having a baby. A baby. They weren't hitting threes at the same rate that they have been throughout the year. Kevin Herter... No. I, I, he hasn't hit a three since when? Uh, January? Yeah, of 2022. Maybe. Be nice. It's been a minute. Uh, Keegan's had some moments, right? Malik Monk has had some ups and downs. He's missed some time. So my point is that they weren't playing great basketball, and they were still around a 500 team. And that's where I get encouraged where, okay, I've seen when this team's locked in. I'm seeing what they're capable of. I've seen when they're not playing well. They've still found a way to avoid these long losing skids. Yeah. And some of it could be based on the schedule. My point is be ready to go. Let's see how they handle when you come out of the gate with these four games. Woo! Dude, that's – and I know I think that's going to be huge, and we were just talking about that, them taking this giant break. Not only the, everyone in the NBA taking this break, but then you look at the Kings schedule and, what, three games and four nights, was it? Yeah. And so right when they come back, it's go, go, go. And can that be a good thing for them? Possibly. We've seen them uh, on on – was it they take on team sec- Whatever it was. Who cares? Either way, it seems like they do a better job when they got a flow going, okay? When they just keep their legs going a little bit. Um, and so you're just hoping that they kind of have that vibe going into these next couple of games. But it's not just about staying fresh and, and, and keeping your rhythm going. It's going to be you're playing against some of these tougher teams or against some of these teams that made those adjustments. Like, what are the Clippers going to look like on Friday if Russell Westbrook is playing? 
it didn't it wouldn't worry me before, but him going on a team that can be a contending team in the Western Conference and maybe being coached well by Ty Lue. Why should I believe this all of a sudden? Maybe he has an epiphany and goes, hey, I need to buy into my role. And his role could even be in that starting role still, but understanding he gets to be that playmaker and not that scorer. Whatever. If he makes that adjustment, though, the the Clippers are going to look a lot better on Friday, too. Let's get to the people. In the YouTube chat, dropping their big questions for the final 25 games. Ooh. You can also hit us up at 1 800 920 1140. Stu and Mo. Over under says the biggest question can Mike Brown find a way to sustain uh, the production of the team when Sabonis and Fox are off the court? Yeah, they try to avoid having both those guys off the court at the same time, but there's clearly a drop off, right? We yeah. saw the team look differently with Fox out of the lineup for those couple of games. It's clearly the Kings offense does not function at nearly as high of a level without Sabonis on the floor. That's a, that's going to be a challenge for this group for yeah, sure. And that, that goes to my roster construction question, yeah. you know, and just like what they do look like with that second unit. And it's, if you're not trusting guys down the line to fill in for Domas Sabonis um, or even De'Aaron Fox, you know, you have Davion Mitchell in there, but you're, you're not giving him that long enough leash. And then Malik Monk was hurt, but he can fill in in that position. Sure. You still need to keep building down the line. Uh, Jamar in the chat says, the main thing for me is I want to see more scuffles. Like the one Malik Monk and Garrison Matthews thing. I want more chippiness from our guys besides Fox and Sabonis and Monk. We need a little more of that winning mindset for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't feel like that stuff can be forced, but I think it's pretty simple. Don't get punked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Have the mindset that you need to play with an edge and don't back down if it gets a little chippy. These other teams, we talk about the playoff experience, talk about championship experience that some of these other teams may have. Yeah. They understand that it, the intensity goes up. Are you going to be able to match that? We'll talk more about that coming Oof. up next. Uh, we also need to talk about what Mike Brown had to say about the final 25 games. And Nate McMillan is out. Bye. How that could impact the Kings, though, huh? A little Jordy Fernandez? No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll do all that and more. Let's do some more on Sacktown Sports. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports. I love the chat, man. Chat makes me laugh. Make me happy. I like keeping the show going during the breaks. Oh, our guy Brian, shout out to our boss Brian, was like, "Hey, you guys, I, you guys just keep it going during the breaks. You guys should take a break. It's okay to take I a like- break." And I'm like. Yeah, I hear you, and maybe we could tone it down a little bit, but I just we- like talking to the people. It's fun. Oh no, I think it would be so weird to have a YouTube show. And to not be on the whole time. And oh, it's shots not- fired at literally every, every other, other show. show here. Okay, oh, really? so they do their None thi- of them do it. No, not even a little bit. Uh uh-uh. uh Well, huh? Let's evolve. Okay, <laughs> stop it. Of course, you can always watch all the shows if you're driving around. Appreciate you, uh, but there's so many ways to get the show and our content. Uh, 11:40 a.m. 96.1 dash two. Yeah, awesome. Great. The free Sacktown Sports app, where that has all the podcasts, has all the articles that our content team, our digital content team's awesome. Our website, sacktownsports.com. Uh, there was just a piece posted just oh, this morning wow. about Brock Purdy set to post, uh, postpone his elbow surgery. We're going to talk about that today because that gives uh, 
I think that makes you a little nervous if you're a 49ers fan. So uh, check out SacktownSports.com for all that. And, of course, our YouTube page is YouTube.com slash SacktownSports1140. Makes me nervous as a human being. Like, how is his elbow swelling not going gone down? I know. <laughs> well, we're going to have to talk about okay. that. Mike Brown, yesterday at practice, yeah. was kind of asked about how the league shifts after the All-Star break. Ooh. Especially you have so many teams. No, with the play now, it's like all these teams are in it. Yeah. They're all trying to compete for something. So, Mike Brown, what's different after the break? Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah that's Is interesting, that? Mike. Yeah. Wow. Let's try that. Let me try that again. Mike? Hey, hold on, let's try. Okay. Hey, Mike Brown, uh, what's different after the break? <laughs> He's speaking in pigeon. You can't oh. hear. Him. Yeah, yeah. You, I could hear him, but you guys couldn't. Chris, is there something you have to turn up in here or no? It's okay. No, but I'll just play it in here. Okay, Chris. What would Mike Brown have to say about after the All Star break? Well, the first thing is everybody is going to be scrambling now. So, you know, before this, you see guys sitting out due to rest. Uh, guys probably not playing as hard as they were, you know, or they could at certain times. The desperation's not there as much prior to the break. Now, with us sitting in third spot and everybody bunched together, you know, people are gunning for us because they want what we have. And so uh, knowing that being the hunted, as you would say, uh, is going to be a little bit different now than what it was in the first two-thirds because of the intensity of the games and everything else that comes along with it. So... Uh, it'd be great to see how we respond to these uh, last 20, 25 games, whatever it is. It's I hear what he's saying. It's interesting, last 25 games, how they're going to respond. I kind of feel the same way. I, I don't view the, t- the Kings as the hunted. I, I Look at All-Star Weekend. Deuce. The league doesn't take this team serious. Other fans don't take this team serious. Players don't take Deuce. the team serious. No, it's true. They don't. They don't. They look at the Kings and go, oh, we're going to kick their asses. They don't care about them. They don't take them serious. No one in the NBA, no other team in the Western Conference, views the Sacramento Kings as a true number three seed. They view them as the Sacramento Kings, a team that has lost for 16 years. Mike Brown just talked about the shift after All-Star break. I I understand that. And I get it. During All-Star break, them getting picked almost last, like um, kids on the playground getting picked last because their talent's aren't uh, being exposed. Well, the Sacramento Kings, in my opinion, to other teams in this league, do look like the scary team to play on a Tuesday night. They don't want to see the beam. Why does everyone keep bringing up the stupid beam yeah, even in the first half of the year? I, I don't think they, they they fear it. I don't think they look at them as, oh, we got to go hunt those guys down. I go, I think they walk in and go, these Kings think they're so cute. Like, that's how I, I don't think they I don't think so. I'm no, with Mike. No respect. I don't think they're respect. I think some players, like, have mutual respect for, like, hey, I like De'Aaron. Yeah. I like Sabon. Whatever. But I don't think that the Kings have done enough in the NBA world to earn respect yet. And you know what's a great example of this? What? How, how many more national TV games do they get? After the right, but those aren't the players. Those aren't their peers. That's the that's the the. I mean, okay. Look, the Lakers just, are getting national just games. The you, Warriors are getting national yeah, games. Yeah, and I just gave you an example. What happened on All Star Night when they were picking the teams? Who were like? I already the, told you. Two of the final guys picked. I told you. I already said that. Yeah. Yeah. That's respect. No, but I also I also don't think 
personally, I do not think this, not second half, the last 25 games of the season, I think Mike Brown and what he just said, that mentality is the right mentality. I think that is the truth. I think he is in it. I think he knows. I don't think he's just saying that, again, to light a little fire under anyone's tush on this team. Uh, I love Mike Brown. I love him You more. know, we slobber all over him a lot. We ah! love him. On this show, Music. at night, we love the guy. But he's 100% trying to amp up his guys. Wow. You you truly believe I that believe- other teams are viewing the the Kings as we got to hunt them down. Um. Well, I don't. They're think, the hunted now. I don't think they're talking they're like not that. The but. hunted. The Grizzlies are the hunted. Sure, the Grizzlies nuggets. are there too. They don't go go right now and ask. Go to the Suns locker room. All right. Yeah. So go take oh. a Southwest. Why don't you right now leave? Okay. <laughs> if you wait to ask people in the Suns locker room, like, hey, like, truthfully, like. What what teams are you kind of concerned with ahead of you? They're, Maybe they're, not the Suns. They're they're gonna name every team but the Kings. Maybe not the Suns, and we've seen it on ESPN as well. They're like everyone's like, oh man, the West just got harder, and and they look at who's gonna be top six, and the Kings always get left out. Like, yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. I love that. Use that as fuel. I don't need to be telling. Hey, they're gonna come for you. No. Hey, I'm. You know what I'm telling the Kings, De'Aaron. You almost got picked last by your, your guy, LeBron, who, Loser. oh, by the way, you're with the same agency. Oh, all these other players are getting the shine. You're not. You're not scoring in the All-Star game. It's a bonus. You had like six points. They didn't want to pass you the ball in the All-Star game. They, no one's talking about you. Yeah. How many times are you going to raise my hand with your hand when I'm talking? Just go. No, go ahead. No, I already no, forgot. Go. 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 No, go. Go ahead, Morgan. My go. goodness. I have to go to the Phoenix locker room. Okay. So my point being, though, Morgan, is I'm using that as fuel. Like, yeah, you don't have the respect. If you ask other players around the league, they're naming every other team. They don't think this team is real. (sighs) I disagree. And I, again, (laughs) I think teams want the Kings as well to think like, you're, you're a cute story and everything, but we're going to put you down to earth, okay? And so when they do come in on a Tuesday night, when they come on on a Friday night, they bring their A game. I'm talking about the other teams. They bring their A game because they want to be that team to be like, no, that's cute. You're not really a number three. So that is where they become the hunted. Oh, De'Aaron and Sabonis getting picked last? That's cute because you're not really the number three. That's cute. Like, that's their vibe with Sorry, all of this. are we just saying the same thing? Because I just don't think they're respected. I think they are looked at as like, yeah, they're the team in front of us, but we're not worried about no, them. No, because I think I think teams will hunt them out to prove to them, like, ha-ha, you're not the number three. And it, the respect is there to try and shut them down. Does that make sense? Like, they come in strong into these games. Chris, what were you going to say? I wasn't going to say anything. No, you had a look on your face. Yeah, what was the what look? What was the look? I'm just trying to figure... I think you guys are saying the same yeah. thing in a different way. Yeah, she... She, really? you're, you're saying that they're still being hunted? Yeah. Interesting. See? I mean, I... So, and he's not saying that. I, I'm saying that... So, you're... you're I, I think... Let me let me put this into... Deuce, what you're saying is, like, teams don't care about the Kings at all. They're not worried about the they're Kings. They're not worried about the Kings. I'm not saying that. <clears throat> Mo is saying... You are saying, like, oh, it's cool that they've done this well so far... But now we're going to go and we're going to take it to you to prove that you're not that number three. Seed. There we thank you for. But I think you guys are kind of saying the same thing. The, the kings, <laughs> the kings are a little bug. The kings are a little bug. 
These other teams, the, the Grizzlies, that's a Grizzly. You got to go hunt that Grizzly down. Kings, you're like, oh, there's a lot of these ants, but Why do they get to be the, the bug? They're not respected, Morgan. They're tiny. Okay. They haven't done it. And it's okay. I love that they're not respected. I love that they fly under the radar, that people still clown on Sacramento. Use that. I think the Kings just have a whole bunch of guys who like playing basketball, and they're ready to prove some people wrong. I'm excited to see what it looks like. Coming up Thursday. Okay. Okay. Not saying the same thing, by the way. Okay. <laughs> we also need to talk about Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan just got fired by the Hawks. Trey Young, coach killer? Hey, don't start that narrative. Or has it already been started? <laughs> don't need to start. It's already started. <laughs> uh, also, they're interested in Jordy Fernandez. We'll talk about that. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. and local. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. Hey, it's Deuce Mason. It's Morgan Reagan. We are live. Appreciate you hanging out with us. All those in the YouTube chat. 200 plus people. Appreciate you guys being there. Thank if you're you. driving around, you go back to your office today. You're back at home or if you're on your phone, throw us on your phone. Go to YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. You'll notice that we go live and local Monday through Friday from 6A to 6P. We are on 11 to 2. Hit the thumbs up button. Subscribe. You're in. You know how Join I- the community. We got people are in our chat every day. They get to know each other. Dude. It's, it's, no, it's cool. It's a community. I've been loving this so, so much. So thank you guys for building this and growing this community. And I will say how I listen to this station ever, only YouTube, even mm. in my car. And I just connects Bluetooth, whatever, only YouTube. It's my way. I don't, it's That's just cool. like, it's crazy how that has become my listening habit. Nate McMillan yeah. out as head coach. Interesting timing. Interesting timing just now. Hey, we reached the All-Star break. I know you thought about quitting. The Hawks are a mess. The Hawks are an absolute mess. Nate McMillan is out as head coach. Of course, a lot of people shifting blame to Trey Young on this. I don't know that he has helped at (laughs) all, but I think this is bigger than Trey Young. I think the Hawks front office has gone through a makeover, and there have been stories about how involved the owner's son is in this, and it just sounds like the Hawks have lost their way. They made this DeJounte Murray trade that it didn't feel like Travis Schlenk was really, who was the GM at the time, all about, and now they're in a situation where they blow out a head coach. All of a sudden, they are going on their fourth head coach since 2018 because Boonholzer was there. Then you had Lloyd Pierce who got blown out, and now McMillan, who just took over and got a four-year extension in 2021. I... I'm not even making the point that Nate, Mil- Nate McMillan should have been the guy. Yeah. I think he's had his time in the NBA. He's a coach that is pretty rigid in his ways. He played. He's kind of old school. Yeah, yeah. And I think he has a tough time connecting with the players. You start hearing some of the names involved. Woj says Quinn Snyder is a big-time target for this group. Okay. Also mentioned Bucks assistant Charles Lee. Warriors assistant Kenny Atkinson, Spurs assistant Mitch Johnson, Johnson, uh, South Bay Lakers head coach Miles Simon, and then Quinn Snyder, as well as Kings assistant Jordy Fernandez. And this, no! Thank you. This is something that we knew was going to his name was going to be put out there, and I think there are a lot of teams doing their work because teams when they they're thinking long term with coaching things, they don't. 
Well, some teams don't just like fire coach and go, all right, let's figure it out now. I think most front offices are trying to keep up with, like, all right, who are some of the names in the future that we want to keep an eye on? It's kind of like players. Like, who's in that, that next great head coach? Sure. Jordy, I think, is starting to get a lot of attention around the league, which also is pretty cool if you're a Kings fan that, hey, one of your coaches, your assistants, is getting a lot of attention for a potential head coaching opening. Yeah. With all that said, your first reaction to McMillan getting blown out by the Hawks. Oh, well, my first reaction to Jordy's stay away. Okay. But also, I understand it. Um, but with Nate McMillan being fired finally, and again, when I say that, I I, I like Nate McMillan. I think um, there's things he can do to adjust his ways uh, as a head coach. When you look at Mike Brown and his journey and what it took for him to adjust his ways, his OCD ways, and how he's reached this point, I think that that can happen if he chooses to keep moving forward as a coach in this league, even as an assistant coach. Uh, But when I look at this for the Hawks, what a cluster mess. Yeah. You love drama. Drama. And I've loved. God, Deuce, I've loved this drama with the Atlanta Hawks because it reminds me of all the old bad times that the Kings would have with like former players as GMs and all the other things that mix into play in that front office. And it's like, what, what are you guys doing? Have the right basketball people in place and make your star happy and make your other star happy too. And your other star being John Collins, who is on the trading block each in every damn year. It's bizarre, Deuce. They have pieces to work with. They've shown what they can do on the basketball floor if they're all utilized the right way. It is so drama-filled from the top all the way down. It's awful. They're in a bad spot right now. Yeah. And I think Jordy Fernandez, who... I think he's going to be a really good head coach in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt about it. For him, though, I don't know that this this is the job, right? Like, and this is a it's a tough thing when it's one of thirty jobs, and I think the Kings have had this over the years, right? Where they're not able to attract the best candidates. Hell, last off season, they want to talk to Will Hardy. I mean, it didn't go very far no. with Will Hardy, right? Based on reputation, mm-hmm. Mike Brown was willing to take that chance. He's been around, but when you're a first time head coach, it's a tough one because one you absolutely want a gig one of 30 but you also don't want just any gig because if you go in and it's a mess that could be your only opportunity That's on your resume so finding that right fit mm-hmm. is crucial i think the hawks have elements that you would like oh man trey young dejounte murray but that they just don't feel like a team they're not connected and to me a lot of that has to do with culture and front office i think when you look at the on the floor situation with Trey Young, sometimes I go, he's great. And other times I go, you need to be coached differently. You just need someone to manage you Tremendous better. talent. It's, it's almost like, it's not obviously si- like exact similar. I'm not comparing the two um, because Luka Doncic is uh, even better, obviously, than Trey Young. But I look at how even Luka has been coached over the years in that style of play and how it's probably not sustainable going into a postseason and going far into a postseason. I feel that same way with Trey Young. And he's a high-usage player that um, just needs to be managed and told how 
to play basketball with the great pieces that he has, right? And it's not only him. That's I guess that's my point to it. That's why I think it's ridiculous when all the drama tries to get put on one person. Lakers no. did that with Russ. Like, you don't want that to happen with Trey. Yeah, and I think you get that label, though. It's hard to shake. And he's starting to get that label as an NBA player. I do think it's unfair. I think it could he have had something to do with it. Yeah, I think performance, sure. But, like, Nate McMillan, not great at connecting with today's player, in my opinion. And having a front office and an ownership group that's a complete mess, those are all factors. You can't put that all on Trey. I mean, I, I would not be surprised if if Trey gets moved during this offseason. Really? Yeah, I think he probably needs a fresh start. This this Hawks thing has been bizarre. It looked like it was going in such a great direction when they made it to the conference finals totally. out of nowhere. But since then, you just look at the talent on the team and you go, how? 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 It you, should you, be better. In this modern day yep. NBA, you have length. You have bigs that can do so much more than just you know, block a shot and get a rebound. Like you have valuable pieces on this squad and you keep just dangling this thing over poor John Collins. Like, Oh, maybe we'll trade it. No, actually you're stay put, stay put. I, I forget who else we were talking to and they were telling us about John Collins and telling us how he is truly one of the nicest People ever, and then we were talking about how we heard about that from Kevin Herter on the Zach Lowe podcast. Yeah. You know, so you just—he gets this reputation as something else because he's connected to so much drama and chaos in this organization. When poor thing, that doesn't need to be his reputation. And then, big picture, Kings coaches could be getting targeted. You know what I mean? Like Jordy Fernandez, probably not long for the job in Sacramento. That's sucks dude i mean it's great for him yeah no it is but the kings have a really good coaching staff they do jay triano is legit luke laux yeah christy yeah it's a good staff no i i mean Lindsay harding i was gonna say even with Lindsay harding and just the way that she develops some of the players down the bench and keeps them ready terrence davis she does a great job with him before games and obviously at practices as well but yeah but what, they, they've what got a, a strong coaching what, staff. what a great problem to have man yeah. When was the last time people were after a Kings assistant coach? That's a good. When point. was the last time? When was the last time a Kings assistant coach was plucked from the Kings staff and hired to be a head coach? Do you know? I can't think of any. The the <laughs> only. I mean, I could be missing one. Okay. Okay. I think you have to go back to Terry Porter, who was here for like a year on Adelman's staff, and I think he got the Bucks job after that. Really? If I'm not mistaken. Well, either way, that would make sense because it was Rick no, Adelman's well, staff. Oh. That, your knowledge is incredible, by the way. Yeah, I'm trying to think. It's like you're um, 100 years old. I'm blanking on the former Nets head coach name, and it's going to kill me because that was another guy that got plucked up from the King staff. That was, again, the last time they were good. Okay. Um, why am I blanking Don't on Don't blank. You've got to get it. Byron Scott. Ah! Byron Scott was with Rick Adelman, and they got the uh, Nets coaching job. Okay. That's with, was with Jay Kidd when they went to the NBA Finals a couple of times. So... Yeah, I mean, that's where you're at. You know, yeah. People are recognizing you there in coaching circles, and he's got a great reputation around the league. But, yeah. Go ahead. I just want him to succeed, so I don't want him to take the Hawks job. It's not, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, but I think he could succeed. It's Ooh, it's tough. Okay. It's tough. He's a connector, yeah. which matters, but you have to have all the pieces. You have to have the support staff, too. All right, coming up next, De'Aaron Fox seems more connected than ever with the Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. Over the weekend, he said something 
about a player who the Kings are trying to go after. Ooh. Remember Sasha Vezenkov? Oh, I remember. He had some things to say, and then so Jay Triano that made me wonder about Sasha maybe coming to Sacramento next year. Ayo. We'll talk about it next. It's Juice Mo on Sacktown Sports. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo on Town Sports. I know we all think players need the All Star break, and we can all use it. Okay. We gotta have games back. We need games tonight. <laughs> do they need this long off? What do we yes. do? What do we do, dude? I'm all for the long break, not for us in my yeah. viewing pleasure, but yeah, is there? Like, any- I'm desperate. I take. It was you- weird last night. Oh, like, man, if you had Piston Spurs tonight, I know they played, I think, right before the break. I might turn on Piston Spurs tonight. I'm feeling I mean, I would bit. turn on Piston Spurs tonight. Yeah. Definitely How's would. Wiseman looking, you know? I would, talk, I would be hyping up that game. Yeah. No, I, I would do that. But I also, like, I mean, why not even have G League stagger and make sure then that you have, like, a Stockton Kings game last night or something? I, just give me something. So then I can, like, judge Nimi and be like... Is that really the Kings like next big to go up and no, be on the Sto- bench? Stockton only plays their home games at the t- same time as the Kings play at home. It's weird. Worst schedule this worst, year. Worst. The worst. I appreciate you guys joining us. It's Juice Mason. It's Morgan Reagan. I think we're starting week five back here at Sacktown Sports. Wozers. Appreciate you guys being here. If is that a new word? <laughs> Wozers. Yeah, what is Wozers? I don't know. I meant wow, and then whoa came out, and then I added Zers. <laughs> Are you okay? What? That was no. the worst breakdown I've ever heard. Yeah, no, I'm not okay. I got it. Yeah. Thank you. You did. Okay. It almost sounded like you were saying hosers, you hosers. <laughs> hosers. What is that? You got to use a Canadian accent. Oh, hosers? Hose? Uh, uh, goose? What? <laughs> Hockey? What, what does a Canadian do? You, you cannot do it. I'm sorry. You just can't. Okay. Okay. I'm. I'll you don't stop. have it. No, you no. Know, it's not in the wheelhouse for you. Canadian? Yeah. Yeah. It's just not your thing. A boot. Oh. What's that a boot? Mm. <laughs> no. Okay. Awful. Okay. Awful. Proceed. You know, De'Aaron Fox at the All-Star break. Yeah. He had some interesting things that we failed to talk about yesterday. And I saw our buddy Sean Cunningham put this out. Very interesting because... Sasha Vezenkov is a name that I know some casual fans are like, who the hell is this? Well, he plays in Europe. The Kings have his rights. He traded for his rights last year. There was some thought that maybe this offseason he was going to come and sign with the Sacramento Kings and play with them this year. It didn't get worked out, but the Kings still remain interested. They have his rights. He's playing overseas right now. This guy might be the EuroLeague MVP. Yeah. Like, legit. Yeah. Like, he, he can shoot the ball. He's got good size. He's been over there for a minute. I'm not saying he's going to come over and be, uh, you know, this is not Luka Doncic coming no. to Sacramento, obviously. Luka's a once-in-a-generational talent. He yeah, was at like 19. I could handle it. What? He's making a joke about Luka's weight. Oh, oh, you're um, And Sasha Vezenkov is a vet. Like, he's 20, he's 27 years old, uh-huh. right? So it's not like you're getting some young guy, but he's clearly a guy that's playing the best basketball of his career right now. And so many people are wondering, can the Kings still find a way to bring him over? Jared Fox was asked about him at All-Star Weekend. And I'm thinking, what's he going to say? Yeah. You think he knows who Sasha Vezinkov is? You think Darren Fox has anything 
of substance to add besides, hey, we'll see. You'll let the front office do their thing. Uh, I want you guys to listen to what Fox had to say. He literally broke down his game. Oh, same issue. I don't know what's happening in here. I, we need a touch button. I, yeah, well, I, how this, old is this equipment? I'm going over to click a button. It is 2023. Can I get a touch button to just press? We I have do that better my podcast. equipment in our podcast studio. I'll, just do the, I'll do the show from my house. I'll do the show from my house. I can't I can't even click on anything. Anyway, uh, Chris, a deer and fox, what do you have to say about Sasha Vezinkov? You know, I've, I've actually looked at a film of him, and it's funny because I tell Keegan this a lot, and I'm like, Keegan, if we want to win the championship at some point, you know, either – you're going to be one of those guys, or we're going to find one of those guys. Because at the end of the day, I think a lot of like this is a it's an extremely like wing-based league where most of the time, you know, the better teams have you know one of the better wings in the league. So um, being able to see someone like him play and what he's done in the Euro League is is crazy, and it's in, it's just how efficient that he's playing. Obviously, we uh, we would love for him to come over and uh, just add to our team. You know, you I feel like you can never have a team that's too deep. I think he would be a great fit. I've seen where he's he doesn't dribble a lot. Uh, he's a guy who can play out of the short, out of the out of the mid post. He shoots the ball extremely well. Um, for one, if you can shoot the ball well in this in this league, there's a spot for you. Some team there's going to be, especially where you're six, seven, six, eight, and you can shoot the ball. There there are a lot of spots for you in this league. And he's a quick catch and shoot guy, by the way. I'm glad you're adding to that, <laughs> but. <laughs> Darren Fox just broke his game down. Amazing. Kings seem pretty invested in trying to get this. When one of their best guys is talking about him, like, this is how we'd fit. Oh, I think he would be a great fit. I told Keegan if we we're going to win a championship. That was not just him talking about Sasha there, in my opinion. That was just hearing a sample of how locked in Darren Fox is mm-hmm. with where he wants to be mm-hmm. with, in his career in Sacramento. This guy was could not have been more disengaged in January of last year. One year later, the guy's an all-star. He's married. Having another kid. Like, life's good for him. Yeah. The team is winning. There's there's some deep passion there. I love that clip from De'Aaron Fox. I love it. I Like you said, and I was joking, adding on, but that's truly what Sasha can do. Um, De'Aaron's breakdown of what he could add to their team not only shows how locked in and engaged he is and his understanding of where this league has gone and how it's evolved, but it's his understanding of what he needs around him to evolve as an individual and as a team that wants to be a true contender one day, right? Um, it's exciting to hear him talk like that, but one of the best things was that he was talking about it with Keegan Murray. Like, Deuce... You and I, we only talk and watch practically anything that has to do with podcasting, broadcasting, any of the above, right? Like that's, that's entertainment. That's like, it's, we just crave it. We love it so much. Him being around people who love and crave basketball. That's what you're talking about. That's what you're doing. That's what's on your mind. And it's in a healthy way. It's in a good way. And I just love that that's where De'Aaron's mind is at. And it's one thing for De'Aaron to be breaking down some other NBA player. But for him to be talking about a guy who's just dominating EuroLeague right now and break down the game that way Mm -hmm. and also super strategically, oh, EuropeHoops.net, who's asking me about this, Mm. knows that Sasha's probably going to see this because they're doing a write-up about this. 
Or I'm sure that Sasha goes to SactownSports.com and reads Frankie Cardicelli's latest recap yes. of what just went down. Uh, Frankie did do a piece. Actually, that was not Frankie who did it. My bad. Joseph did. Oh, my God. Oh, man. That was bad of me. Yeah. Sorry, no. Joseph. Frankie's dead to us yeah, anyway. Yeah, he's, he's dead. Frankie uh, SactownSports.com has a piece on this. And the other thing that was detailed was that Jay Triano, the assistant coach, Jay Triano, mm-hmm. flew over to go watch him play mm. recently. Mm. Come on now. That's pretty – like. Come on now. Jay Toronto just loves basketball. That guy's always in Stockton watching yeah. daily games when they're off. But he went over and he was asked about uh, watching him. Like he answered questions from a reporter there when he went to go see him play in the Greek, Greek Cup Final Eight. Uh, he says, I have seen him play on film, but with the All-Star break, it's an opportunity to see him play live. Sometimes you see things differently live. True. He's a very good teammate, passes the ball well. He's got a good feel for the game, a very smart basketball player. He doesn't need the dribble. He's got size. He can see over the defense. He can make a pass. He's a good decision maker, too. I'm really impressed with him. I just value basketball intelligence because if you have enough guys on the floor that have basketball intelligence, you find a way to make the ball move and be in the right places. Yep. So those are the things I like the most. And, That's Jay Triano talking about Sasha Vezinkov. And obviously that's like what he's saying, like seeing him up close and personal, yeah. being able to break down some other things um, when you're watching them live. But, you know, and obviously over time I've only watched highlights. I haven't watched full games uh, with Sasha Vezinkov. But watching some of the highlights and watching him understand how to move without the basketball, relocating himself in certain positions on the floor to understand where he needs to catch and shoot. And his release, so quick, so high up there because he's a 6'7 guy. It is a beautiful thing. And yes, when you think about putting that in this motion offense and guys like De'Aaron Fox dribbling down to the paint, the defense collapse. Oh no, where'd it go? Spray out. Boom. You got guys out along the three-point line. Sasha back there just... Making it rain. Yeah, I think my biggest question with him is not so much offensively. It's defensively, right? Like, I think he could... Yeah, what don't well, talk yeah, about what, What's defense matter? If you put up 165 <laughs> points a game, defense does not matter. Um, but it's defensively. Like, what position? Sure. Is he more of a four at this level? I would say probably a, a stretch four at this level. Then you start going into, oh, is that a Harrison Barnes potential replacement of HB leaves during free agency? Mm. You bring Sasha over... It's interesting to see how this may come together. And, you know, Sasha had a chance to come over this year, but I don't know that he would have liked his role this season. Uh, Also, I'm sure there's part of him that was like, hey, if I'm coming to the NBA for the first time, number one, I want to be in a position to play. Yeah. But I also want to be in a stable environment. We just talked about with Jordy Fernandez, maybe the Hawks interested in him as head coach. Like, if you're Sasha, you are the guy right now in the EuroLeague. Yeah. You're home. Oh, my it's, God. You're making good money. You're still making good money. But there's also a chance to go to the NBA. But you don't want to take that chance if you're just going to be end up, you know, playing seven minutes a night and not doing your thing when you can go make good money. Yeah. Be closer to home and ball it up. So, it's a tough thing. I think the Kings have worked on their reputation now, right? They are seemingly on their way to at least be in the playoff conversation. Mm-hmm. Mike Brown's front runner for coach of the year, one of the front runners, and the front office is intact. And you have your star players talking about you, you know, yeah. across the way. Do you think that's impactful if De'Aaron Fox is, is saying that stuff? Like, if, Absolutely. 
how is it not? You know, if someone's talking about you from a company that wants you or something, it's influential, right? It's uh, going to be like, oh, that's nice to hear. Mm-hmm. Just like that. I mean, if you think next off season you're adding Sasha and Keegan's taking a jump. Yeah. Mm. Sounds really nice. Mm. Where's the defense? Keegan will play some defense. Fox is going to get better. Yeah. Make some other tweaks, too. I like it. I like this long term, man. We'll talk more about it on the radio side in 60 seconds. We're always live. It's Deuce and Mo, youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. It's Deuce and Mo on your local sports leader, Sacktown Sports. Just so you guys know, our setup here, Mm -hmm. if you're driving around, or even if you're watching us on YouTube, we have two TVs on here. One of them's on ESPN, and it's like we're sitting here watching, but during breaks, you'll look up, oh, what are they doing? NBA Today is on right now. Mm -hmm. Here is the question. Are the Suns set up for a decade of dominance? Mm -hmm. Kevin Durant hasn't played a game with them, and we're talking about... A decade of dominance in a league, by the way, where, like, teams just don't stay together that long anymore. Oh, and um, I don't know, Kevin Durant, a guy who, has he spent a decade anywhere? Oh, Kevin Durant will be 44. Set up for a decade of dominance. Can we see if they can be good this year first? And on top of that, they're talking about what the Nets got and all the first-round picks that they got from the (laughs) Suns. So, like, that's part of your future as your old guys seem to lose a step. I'm not saying that's going to happen right away. You're seeing what LeBron's doing at 38 years old. Anything can happen with Kevin Durant and Chris Paul. But we've already seen the start of Chris Paul, the injuries catching up in age. Yeah, and as high as I am on Kevin Durant's The Suns, yeah. I think they can come out of the West. Are they? Would they be the favorites to win it all? No. Like, I think the favorites are in the East. I think it's the Celtics and Bucks. One time, we should take an entire show from NBA Today yeah, and take every single one of their headlines and do like an hour of our show with their headlines and we discuss their hot takes. We would just make I, fun of them the whole time. I <laughs> love that idea. Yes! I absolutely love that yes! idea. Yes, yes. Thank you. So how, how would we do that? Give me an example. So we would take it, we'd probably have to take it from the day before. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we would take it from their whole show. So they'd be like, okay, going on to the next topic, are the Suns going to dominate for the next decade? So boom, we would take that. We would talk about that, why it's a stupid thing to even say. And then they might even have a good topic that we get to talk about. I saw them talking about dynamic duo with Kyrie and Luca. You know, I've seen that topic like seven times in the last, yeah. Weak, you know? So it's, it's just, exhausting. It is. No, it truly is. And I'm like, how about you shove the Kings up there? Like, I'll give you something to talk about. There's lots of things going on in the NBA. Just wild. Did you see the news about the NBA All-Star ratings today? Oh, no. I mean, I saw, but I didn't see. Uh, Sunday's NBA All-Star game was the lowest rated and least watched edition of the game. Ratings declined 29%. In- <laughs> And viewership, 27% from last year's All-Star Game. Their record low audience places the NBA All-Star Game well behind this year's edition of the NFL Pro Bowl, the flag football game. This year's decline was the steepest for the game since 2000. 
Okay, couple questions. Yeah. Was it steep going into the game, or was it like how they played made it steep? I, if you're asking for the hour by minute by minute breakdown of the NBA All Star ratings, I can't. I don't have that for okay, you. Okay. Okay. The reality is not a lot of people tuned in, and it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure some of it was people tuned out fast. Yeah. Right. You had a 35 minute draft, weird Jeez. post Malone concert. Oh, and then we start the game, and Giannis comes after a game. What was it? Not probably playing. started at 8:30 Eastern time. All I know, and you go to an app or you went to ESPN.com wherever, and hey, what time does the game start? It said 4:30. And in my head, I'm like, it's not going to be 4.30, but it'll be like 5. Yeah. That's what you told me. You're like, what? Yeah, tune in at 5. Was it like 5.45? Yeah. Here's 6 what, o'clock? Here's what made me the most upset about the All-Star game. What? I tuned in at 4.30. Right. I knew it wasn't going to start until way later. Yeah. But I turned tuned in at 4.30 because I want to see Vin Diesel intro the team players. Great point. And where was he? He just like said, like, hey, this is family. <laughs> now I'll give it to the guy that actually is going to do it. Lame. That's so no, honestly, it was a uh, false advertising, yes. right? Yes. And that is illegal. One. And, and honestly, I just think The Rock wouldn't have done that. The Rock would have had all of them down. Never. He's busy with the XFL. I mean, I think the the other thing with this week weekend is like we we spent so much time talking about how bad the game was. Yeah. We get it. Okay, everyone talks about how bad the game is. Some people are like, who, why do you care? What's it matter? It's like, it does matter for the league. It does. Like, Silver looking at this today and going, wow, we had like less than 4 million people watch the best basketball players in the world play an exhibition game. Yep. Like, the, the whole idea of the All-Star game is, hey, all these stars are in one spot and they're playing a game. You have to watch because you never get to watch it. But it's turned into a joke. And that's the problem for the league. It's a problem for ratings. It's a problem for their for TNT. There's, you know sponsorship agreements it's not good it's a cool concept like when you even just put it like that all the best stars in the world right here in one spot when i saw all the instagram posts i i didn't look until uh all-star game sunday is when i was really like okay i'm gonna put myself back into this i'm having some fomo looking at all the posts looking at post malone stuff um, and I had a little FOMO, you know, it was like, oh, this is really cool. There's yeah. a lot of cool events going on at, in Utah, watching that game. I was so just bored and disappointed that I was like, oh, I didn't miss anything all weekend then, you know, I hope that with all that. With how you feel about, you don't feel like you missed anything. The fact that the ratings are d- down for the game, that it does open up Adam Silver's mind a little bit. Because when he was asked about load management over yeah. the weekend, he had a, a weird response, and I feel like he is—he's been more open about like, yeah, we need to be better with load management. Our players need to play. We're letting fans down. But now he's kind of backtracked on it a little bit. Here's what Adam Silver had to say uh, about load management mm. in the league. I forgot. I, I was going to tell you, but I was like, I'm going to let him try just in case. Don't be disappointed. What, I mean, what what were you thinking, Deuce? Adam Silver, the suggestion that they should play <laughs> for the league's sake and not These do so much load management. Many of you talk to and know well who are often playing through enormous pain um, or play through all kinds of... Um, you know, I, I, I hesitate to label them injuries, but, but play through all kinds of aches and pains on a regular basis. And the suggestion, I think, that, that 
these men, in the case in the NBA, somehow um, should just be out there more for its own sake, I, I don't buy into. Okay, I hear what he's saying. We don't want guys who are like in immense pain to play through things, right? Yeah. But I think part of the problem is we have seen more players, key players, miss more time than ever in the league. Yeah. I mean, you look at the All-Star game. How many times were we talking about potential All-Stars going, yeah, but he only played 30 games. He played 28 games. And so some of these guys times. have legit injuries. Absolutely. We're not saying that. But there are other guys who are just like missing games because yep. the medical staff thinks like, hey, we should have them take this game off. It does suck for the fans. And I'm sorry, with how expensive tickets are, Dude. if you're a family and you want to see these guys play, it does suck when you're taking uh, little Betty and Johnny. Do people name their kids Betty and Johnny? They might. <laughs> Betty? When's yeah. the last time someone named their kid Betty? Probably 1967. I'm sure it started as Elizabeth. That turned into Betty. That's a good point, too. What? Yeah. Yeah. What? You think kids are named Betty to be get you think there's someone named Betty? I know someone named Betty. That's their uh, name. Elizabeth? Yeah. I thought it was short for Elizabeth. Is what? That makes sense, right? Liz or Lizzie is short for Elizabeth short Betty? For... Where do you get Bob from? Robert. I yeah. thought you yeah, did for the Dick, right? Where do you get Bill from? <laughs> or is that William. the short name for Oh, that that um I'm t- I'm blown away right now. Oh, it says it says with Bethany and Elizabeth. Huh. Betty. Betty is uh-huh. Elizabeth? Yep. Huh. Elizabeth, Betty. I guess. That's weird. But if you're taking little Betty or Elizabeth to a game, or little Johnny, or and you expe- you just spend a lot of money. Yeah. And then, oh, sorry, Steph's not playing. Dude. I mean, if you've got the money to take a kid to a game, you're probably naming your kid Caleb. or <laughs> That's a great point. Apple. Yes, or Johnson. Um, what I will tell you, though, too, that those two games against the Mavs, I met a lot of people that first night, Mavs jerseys, mm-hmm. Luca jerseys, mm-hmm. like, we came to see Luca, and I'm like, yo, you got to get tickets to tomorrow night, because that's when he's going to play. So, again, you're absolutely right. And now, Luca's injury at that time, though, was his heel contusion. It was serious. Yeah, they want him to come and play back-to-back. It first makes game. sense. I get that. Makes sense. We'll but- talk more about it coming up next, including what else Adam Silver had to say and what Anthony Edwards had to say mm. about load management. What do you think is the biggest issue facing the NBA? Think about it. Get us in the chat, youtube.com slash Sports 1140. Also, 1-800-920-1140. It's Deuce and on Sacktown Sports. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Appreciate you guys being with us today. Of course, we're here Monday through Friday, 11 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. we got shows live and local from 6A to 6P. Also appreciate the fact that, like, there's a lot of people on vacation right now, you know? Yeah. And they're still having live and local shows. Like, this morning, you had Jay and my guy Whitey Gleason on. Dude, I know. Just keep it moving. It, no, it's it's great. It's always great that, um, I don't know, just the live local perspective, yeah. to me, just has a different energy, different flow. And all you got the chat popping. Appreciate everyone in the YouTube chat at youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Uh, before we just took this break, we were talking about load management in the NBA. It was kind of a big topic at NBA All-Star Weekend. Uh, Adam Silver also, his point to load management, he's kind of making a point now that, well, is it that big of a concern because our fans are saying otherwise? Oh, we tested. Oh. We tested it during the break. I don't know. Oh, I we tested hey, it during the break. Hey, hey, I, how many times? You can't get how mad. How many times? You can't get mad. 
Hey, don't do it again. No, I'm just, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I could say two things, but I won't. Try it one more time. Here's what Adam Silver had to say about fans not being upset. I then look at the data and think, all right, well, this year we're going to have, we're going to likely break the all-time record for tickets sold. We're likely going to have the all-time record for season ticket renewals. So our fans aren't necessarily suggesting that they're that upset with the product that we're presenting. So here he's saying. Which fans? We're selling more tickets than ever. More season tickets. So that means the fans, blah, blah. Dude, you can't. That, that to me is a short-sighted way of thinking. I think Adam Silver's got to be careful there, right? Because, yeah, that, that may work. But if you're going to empower so, so much of this, yeah. that's an issue. I'm not saying everyone needs to be Demonis Sabonis and play through injury. I'm not suggesting that, but let's be mindful with this whole rest thing, especially when we're in a league that has fewer back-to-backs than they have ever had. They're actually, in the future, trying to make it so there are even less back-to-backs, so guys don't have to worry about that either. It, it, it almost feels like it's just something we're going to have to live with as as basketball fans. It feels like it, and yeah, I think you look at just the, the this day and age and pace of every league, right? It's not just the NBA. It's all the best leagues and how the game gets better, faster, stronger, all of the above. But what I hear in that comment, Deuce, and I think we have to be honest with ourselves, rich people are so out of touch. And what, Adam Silver makes 8 mil, 10 mil a year, right? Like, he rich. And I'm an Adam Silver So gal. he's just looking this at the numbers. This seems like a cash grab. Yes. And my point is, because when he looks at those numbers, he's not seen who the NBA fan is that's buying those. And who not only is buying those, it could be a company with lots of money. So then they're grabbing all those season tickets, all these different things. But then other people that are having to buy season tickets, like, I, I'm sorry. I've never in my life even with seven different jobs, was able to afford seeing tickets with everything else, like a, a car payment, a mortgage, like all these different things that you're trying to pay for in your life. So it's always to me like you got some money if you can pay for season well, tickets. Yeah, but also people, once the tickets are purchased, they're purchased. People are buying yeah. the ticket to see the Bucks come to town because right. they're like, I get to see Giannis play. When he he doesn't play, you don't go – Oh, like it's an Amazon purchase. You just go, oh, let me go drop it off at Kohl's and I get my money back on my car. Like, right. The, the ticket's been purchased. Car, it's subject to change yep. without notice. You know what I mean? So that that's part of the short-sightedness where if you're going to have that reputation as a league, it's like that's really tough for the fans. And and to ignore that, I think, is misguided by Adam Silver. Uh, you want to hear what Anthony Edwards had to say about yeah. load management? He's quickly becoming one of my favorite players with how he plays, but also just how he approaches things. If there's anything I could change about the league to make it better, probably just all the guys sitting resting. That's the only thing I probably don't like. Um, Just play, man. If you, if you, if you, if you, 80%, you got to play. I I don't, I don't like all the sitting, missing games and stuff like these people. These people might have enough money to come to one game. You know what I'm saying? And that might be the game they come to and then you sitting out. You know what I'm saying? So, I take pride in trying to play every game because I don't know. It might be one fan that has never seen me play, and I'm trying to play. So I don't. that's the only thing I don't like. Uh, guys just sitting out. That, if there's anything I could change about the league. Of course How it loops. How is it doing that? Yeah, anyway, so what Anthony Edwards had to say there. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. And um, he's young. He's got a young body. 
I also just I'm just trying to protect all all the different ages throughout okay. this league. Um, so, but I 100 billion percent agree with him. That was my mindset as an athlete, as a player. Like you want that to be in the competitor's blood to just want to push through and want to play. And I get it. There's some weird medical staffs out there that are like, absolutely no. Or you tell them one thing, like I'm feeling something in the tip of my pinky. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to wait a, a game. I think the other point that Silver has m- mentioned in the past, there's not really a lot of evidence that has shown that load management has been effective. Yeah. Like, do we know that this player missing this game on a Tuesday night has helped him play a game in June yeah. or May in the playoffs. I don't think there's enough evidence about that. Um, also, I thought Senior Informo in the chat brought up something that's legit. Most of these NBA teams do dynamic ticket pricing. So it's not like, hey, every game is the same price. Mm. No. The Lakers game's more expensive. Mm. The Bucks probably more expensive. Not Celtics. So you're paying for more, yet then you're seeing... Um, Hey, it's Javon Carter starting tonight for Milwaukee. Yeah. That's what you have to think about. That's trash, yeah. man. No, and it's I, – I don't know what the answer is because, I mean, I'm not going to lie. If I was an NBA player today and I was getting paid that amount of money and if by sitting a game I'm still getting paid that money – And it's not even you saying like, hey, I need the game off. They're like, no, no, no. Can you take the day off? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I'm going to be swayed to be like – Maybe they're right. I could use a little day off this knee. You know, like it's good. And now there's going to be another side of me that is a competitor. And it's like, no, no, no. I just can't rest. Like, put me in, coach. Let's go. And that's what Sabonis is like, right? But I also understand when you are swayed the other way to just like take a second. Also, another thing when we talk about when Silver is saying like, oh, well, we're making more money and we're selling more tickets and stuff like that. So that means it's good. I think we kind of forget that every commissioner in sports, their job is to make the owners money. Yeah. It's not to make it a good product. It's like, let's make, what's the way we can make the most amount yep. of money for our owners? And if you don't do that, guess what? You're not commissioner anymore. And I don't trust rich people. You know, that's the other thing too. Like they're all, they say the right things. They do what they need to do, but it's all about finishing up with the most amount of money. So. But there's no problem. If people are buying tickets, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Adam Silver. Well, he's got some things to think about. I think this is an interesting time for Adam Silver as commissioner. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think you're in a league right now where it just it seems like every offseason there is a super duper star that is commanding a trade. There's mm. a lot of chaos. And we all like love the drama, like you say. We love drama. But we also, sometimes it's fun to just talk basketball, right? And That's true. And I think... You're always going to have trade demands. You had trade demands in the 90s. I'm not saying, like, today's league is bad or anything. No. But I think there are just some concerns that, like, the fans obviously don't tune into your All-Star game. The fans are not totally happy with purchasing tickets where players they expect to see are, are there. I mean, if Milwaukee comes to town, that's one time a year. Yeah. No, that's – that – there's something. Yeah. There's something he's got to do. I just, again – that's why I don't get paid $10 million a year, because I don't know the answer. Well, we got a jam-packed show still. Yeah. We're on until 2 p.m. Yeah. At 1 o'clock, we got Jason Gallagher from J.J. Reddick's podcast on. He's a big Mavs fan, too, so we'll ask him about the Mavs. His perspective on the Kings working with J.J. Reddick. It'll yeah. be a lot of fun. That's coming up at 1. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. 
Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. I was trying to do the math in my head. I think we're like 31 hours away from Kings Blazers. Yeah! We say that now, but, you know, be careful what you wish for. Oh. That's going to be a tough game, though. I can't wait to see what the crowd's like at Golden 1 Center. The last time we were at Golden 1 Center was the high of all highs. It was after that Kings-Mavericks game. Oh, my God. The Kings won on that, that Saturday night. Yep, they won. That was great. I loved it. And then it was the Suns game that finished yeah. right before the All-Star break. Yeah. Kings fans going to need to bring the energy tomorrow. Oh. It's got to be loud. It's, it feels, when I put out today, I put something out like, I need Kings basketball back. So many people were saying the same thing. Like, you feel it. People are like, it's pent up energy. I'm ready to explode. Bring it on now. And the last couple of years, it's been like, when will the season end? Oh, yeah. Over with? Right. I think last year, there was a little bit of more intrigue yes. at this time, just because you had some bonus. You're like, well, let's just see how it looks. But yeah, there's been many years you get to the All-Star break and you're like, Cool, only 25 to go. Let's go ahead. Cause you, and you always knew that the last like 12 to 15 were just going to be hideous. You're going to be playing guys Ugh. that you don't normally see. How many though? How many years were you and I just being like, okay, let's uh, break down Keon Ellis. Let's break down so-and-so. And oh, we yeah. got excited about it. Hey, you know, what is Scal Labissiere? <laughs> yes. I mean... Malachi Richardson, come on now. Hey, look, if Malachi gets some legit time going into next year, you just don't know what that could do for his confidence, man. God, we were Malachi people for a hot minute. Oh, I thought Malachi could be, I thought he had the potential to be a solid player. Yep, I agree. We sang a song about him and everything. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Some, I mean, some of your worst takes growing up are the ones when it's just like, you don't, you kind of lose sight of what really is good because yeah. you're bad for so long. So if they're somewhat like intriguing with your team, you start talking yourself in. They go, man, Scout did drop 30 in Phoenix, man. Look how long he is. Well, I mean, he's he shooting. Yeah. He actually had some tools that you went, oh, that's intriguing. He, he did. A he big, totally like, his size did. Shoot. You're like, what's the worst case scenario with this guy? Well, he's not in the NBA. And then like Malachi Richardson, you're just like, hey, he's a young guy. He's athletic. Oh, can, he, can he shoot it? Can he handle? Okay, there could be something there, but. Hey, man. Yeah. Uh, you get to the NBA, a lot of these guys are talented. Yep. Can they string it together? Can they stay healthy? Do they want to put the work in? A lot of different factors come it's into play. a lot of different factors. And that's what we've been talking about year after year after the All-Star break for the Sacramento Kings is uh, can they develop these guys? And um, now this year we actually get to talk about can they stay in the top six? Right. And be a playoff team? Like that is, that alone, I'm going to take a step back. Take that step back. And I'm going to soak it in, baby. I'm glad you did. Yeah. How'd it feel to soak it, it in honestly, for a Honestly, yeah. I felt like uh, something came over me in this smelly boy studio. Truly. Morgan, how do you feel when you saw the news about Brock Purdy? That uh, we're, we're actually going to do this surgery in March. We're going to delay it a little bit. Uh, he was waiting for swelling in his right elbow to reduce so he can have that torn UCL repaired it was supposed to happen on Wednesday yeah. in Arlington, Texas, but after he met with the doctor, the surgery will be delayed further. Purdy continues to have inflammation in the elbow, which is why the doctor recommended that he postpone the surgery until it goes down further. Uh, they're aiming, they're, listen to this phrasing, huh. they're aiming to regroup in early March with the hopes of getting it done then. What? With the hopes? What? It's, what? I'm confused like how it's still swollen. You know what Must I mean? Must be like, pretty bad. Yeah. 
yeah. And it doesn't seem like they have the answers. That's the problem is we're all like asking these questions. Yeah, there's not real answers. Um, It's going to obviously push back the timeline a little bit. And who knows? Like you just hope that March it's better. But this has got to be a concern, right? Like the guy that you had so much hopes, high hopes for after what he did once he got the opportunity, gets hurt in that game when you're trying to go to the Super Mm. Bowl, can't even throw five yards down the field. And now he's going to need that surgery. And he can't have it yet because the elbow is still swollen. And it feels like every offseason for the 49ers, it's like, who's going to play? What's going to happen? Who's going to be in that position? And obviously you're going to have a healthy Trey Lance, but come on. We, we, we talked to Matt Mayoko. We talked to so many other people within uh, and around the 49ers. And it felt like the answer going forward was going to be Brock Purdy. And that gets thrown on you at the yeah. NFC during the NFC championship game. It's tough. It's real tough. So maybe they just bring back Jimmy G. Oh, like, dear God. G, G, just, just sign Jimmy G for a lifetime deal. You just never know when you'll need him. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. No. It is funny, though, like last year, like, yeah, Jimmy's not going to be back. He won't. And then he comes back and he's starting. And then this year at the end of the year, Shanahan was even like, yeah, he's not going to be back. But you're like, are you? We've got two quarterbacks. Why would he come back? Why We have two legit starting quarterbacks. We don't need the guy. And it's like, well, you, you actually might. You got, you got one and a <laughs> half as of right now. I mean, you basically have one whole one right now, just depending on where Trey Lance is with um, his health and everything. But yeah, for Brock Purdy though, it it sucks. It sucks for the 49ers. But if you're him and you just had that magical, Mr. Irrelevant, uh, turns into a star kind of story and that's how it ends and then it's just getting worse from there, is there like some quarterback curse going on with Kyle Shanahan and, and honestly, the 49ers? It seems that way. Really? A bit. It's like you see a flash of good and like, no, nope, not just kidding. Just pull it right back. I don't like it. Uh, Derek Carr visited the Jets yesterday. Yeah. And the story coming out of there was pretty funny. ESPN had this. Uh, Diana Rossini tweeted that the Jets are really interested in Carr. Nothing but positive reviews. Now they wait for Aaron Rodgers to emerge from the darkness and inform the Packers of his plans. The Jets will be speaking to Green Bay about a trade if the Packers are willing. But let's rewind there. Yes. Just the phrasing of like, yes. hey, well, we'll figure out the Rodgers thing. He, is he still in the hole? He's still in the dull darkness. Okay, cool, cool. Um, but the other thing that made me laugh is, well, I guess the Jets' pitch to Derek Carr was, hey, if you come to New York and win, you will cement yourself as a first ballot Hall of Famer. Wait, they they said that to him? Okay, you do not gas me up that much. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Why would you say that? Is that your pitch to him? Yeah, it's and why would he, why I mean, would he instantly become right. a first ballot Hall of Fame? Are there people Love within it. that system that know someone that can make it happen? Listen, Derek, we have a pretty good feeling that we can make the playoffs if you're our quarterback. That alone will make you a first round Hall of Famer quarterback. First ballot, baby. Like, Thank you. That's ridiculous and that's a ridiculous thing to put on to someone like that's all you should care about is your individual resume i i want to think of it like the person is thinking a lot like i would myself as you say that if you come play with us you're going to be a first ballot hall of famer knowing that they're not coming so when he goes someplace else and doesn't make the hall of fame told you yeah 
that genius. God, you. I mean, I guess the you. point is genius. if you win in New York, the Jets haven't won anything of real substance in a long, long time. Also, like, do we trust their judgment on anything? They did draft Zach Wilson number two overall in 2021. And it's just like, done. We're done with him. Yeah. Hasn't lived up to the hype. Professional. Uh, we don't really like the guy. They're moving on. But what I love is, hey, Derek, come here. If you win, you'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And it's like, hey, when does Rodgers get out of the hole, though? <laughs> we get Rodgers? In- uh, it's yeah. funny. I just don't believe it. I, Derek apparently is going to take his time with the decision. He should. Like, you shouldn't just run uh, into something. I also, like, if I'm a quarterback, I don't know if I'm, like, excited to be the guy that's trying to save the Jets. Like, of course, if it turns around, you're like, this is amazing. It's also the New York media that... Ugh. Well, it goes It goes to how many times have people said to NBA players, and especially when you think about the Kings, like, hey, how cool would it be if you're part of that that team that turns it around, that stops this 16-year playoff drought? You know, like, that, of course, means something to these players, but they're thinking about it from a team perspective. They're going, yeah, as a team, if we can succeed and be a part of that, that's great. It feels like the Jets are saying, you... Derek Carr, no matter what, if you even get into the playoffs, you, my friend, are a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think they're saying necessarily playoffs. I think they're talking about like winning, maybe winning a whole thing. And he and they're still gonna throw the the Hall of Famer thing at him? Jesus. Bing bong. I mean, if if Derek Carr had like a renaissance with the Jets, yeah, and they won a Super Bowl or competed like I don't know. You never know. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. New York. Deuce is convinced now. Uh, New York's, uh, winning a Super Bowl in New York is worth like seven elsewhere. Really? Yeah, it's just overhyped. I mean, it, okay. we always talk about like Joe Namath is regarded as, hey, the Broadway Joe, hey. And then you go look at his like stats in the NFL and you're like, not really good. Ooh. Yeah, wait, he has more interceptions and touchdowns <laughs> and he's a Hall of, okay. All right, coming up next, we're going to move on, talk some hoops. Jason Gallagher does some amazing work, ultra-talented. He will be joining us live. Coming up next on Deuce and Mo. We are live until 2 o'clock, and then we got Cal's and Rami. From 2 to 6, of course, live and local on Sacktown Sports. Appreciate you hanging out with us. Expect to talk to Jason Gallagher in just a little bit from the old man, the three, with J.J. Reddick. I gave him the link that you sent me earlier, Chris. I think that was the right one, right? Maybe. It should be. Okay. It should be. Cool. Don't pull that crap with us, uh, No, Chris. so we're super excited to uh, talk to uh, Jason. Such a talented guy. But, yeah, NBA is back tomorrow night. The long wait. It feels like longer than the offseason for some reason. It's probably because we didn't get real basketball on Sunday. Oh. I mean, really. That's So it just seems like such a long time. And also, the Kings break was longer than anybody's. You know, there were still games. There's still games Wednesday and Thursday. Okay. Kings' last game was Tuesday. Yep. No, that's true. It's been far too long. All right, let's not waste any more time. Please let's talk no. to someone who is super talented. We had a chance to meet him at Summer League last year. He's a great guy, super talented, works on J.J. Reddick's podcast. Oh, and he's wearing a Deuce and Mo hoodie. What a gem he is. Uh, of <laughs> Did course, you guys plan this? No, we did no. not. No, he's just <laughs> he's, that he's cool. a real one. <laughs> of course, he is part of one of the best sports podcasts out there. 
uh, the old man, the three with J.J. Reddick. He also used to work at The Ringer, the co-creator of NBA Desktop. He is an Emmy Award winner. Let's welcome to the show, Jason Gallagher. Goodness, goodness. You're far too kind. I couldn't be more excited to be on this show. You two are the best. Oh, dude. Jason, I appreciate you making time, man. I appreciate it. You know, something we've been talking about, I was just saying how, you know, people, the Kings are in the number three spot right now. And Mike Brown's like, oh, they're, they're the hunted now. I'm like, no one around the league respects the Kings even yet, even though they're a good story. You're a Mavs fan. Do you respect the Kings right now? Or do you still look at them as like, oh, that's a cute little story. Um, well, the Mavs have their own issues to worry about. We'll start with that. Um, secondly, you know, probably just because the West is so loaded, they, they, they get overlooked. Um, me as a fan, like, yeah, you're, you you know, the Warriors are still the Warriors. The Suns are, are beefed up. Um, but, but it's, it is one of those, I'm very envious of your position because that's the best place to be. And I don't necessarily believe Mike Brown when he says that they're the hunted, I would just enjoy being overlooked i mean that that in terms of fandom that's like the sweet spot it is because when expectations come you're it starts to get annoying and then you start to get the 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 counter takes and uh so i I, who cares just just thank you see this is great getting an outside perspective morgan because that's what we always say is like i don't think there's anything sweeter than the come up for sure the come up is where it's at when the expectations come, then it just gets toxic, and you just go, "Oh, this isn't as fun." No, and I I completely understand that, and I was more on Mike Brown's side because I'm uh, a homer when it comes to Mike Brown and anything he says goes. Um, but at the same time, it's understandable, and I think the Kings are making more and more of a name for themselves when they're actually taking on teams. Like, for example, Jason, let's talk about that weekend when it was that back to back against the Mavs. Uh, in the Kings at Golden One Center, and it was Kyrie's second game with the Mavs, and then you had the third game with the Mavs, and Luka Doncic joined him. Yeah. How fun was that game? I mean, we were there in that atmosphere, but how fun was that game even for you as a Mavs fan? Not only seeing two of your guys who are going to be the future for the rest of this year at least um but even against a king a team like the kings who are having their come up i thought it's great i mean i love those back-to-back games like that because it is like a mini playoff series and the kings and the mavs very well very well might meet each other in the playoffs so it was like in that in that respect it felt like a playoff vibe each team got one over the other uh it was it was it was a lot of fun and and as as mavs fans i mean we're kind of in this place where we're overanalyzing literally every single thing. And yeah. so after that second game where they lost, it was like, it was like the sky is falling, but I don't know. It was like very competitive games. Um, I thought that I thought it was a blast. I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, I would love, I would love to, it would be fun to play the Kings, but it would, you would yes. deep down, like not be upset if they won, you know, there's nothing worse than playing a team that's like likable. You know, you mm-hmm. want to hate your opponent, but the Kings are friggin' likable. See, that's cool that they're like, I know. And, and there's so much, I, I know I've told Jason this, but I've grown up hating the Mavs. Yeah. I just thought, you know, the Dirk Nash stuff. I feel like they got too much love when the Kings were good. And that was me being super protective of my early 2000s For Kings. sure. But then you've got the whole Luka dynamic. For some reason, I, I feel like I am so petty with Luka as if he made the decision to go to Dallas. Correct. I don't know why I feel that way. I don't know. I just look at him and get, I, I nitpick him. 
I mean, I pick him apart. I'm like, oh, awful. Look at him. He's gassed. I think it's trying to make myself feel better about the Kings passing up on him. How are you with Luca? Is he is he like a guy that can't do anything wrong in Mavs fans' eyes, or are you like more realistic with like, oh, I kind of see some of the warts? Um, yeah, I mean, this is probably the first year, just because of the conference finals. This is the first year where where I don't know. I starting to watch him a little bit more critically, um, and very little of you know being upset with him has to do with him like uh, his actual game like you know you want him to stop yelling at refs complaining every play you want him to get back on defense you wish he and jay kid between the two of them they could figure out a last possession play other than a step back um (laughs) situation um so so it's little things like that but in terms of his development and where he is and what he's capable of you're not really that worried um you know you just hope that the the front office and everybody can can put put long long term support around him. Yeah. yeah, it's you know it's funny. Just I mean, we watch so much basketball, and obviously, whenever I turn on a Mavs game, I get frustrated, but I'm also so intrigued. Right? Like he's such a special player with the way that he can just <laughs> go down the middle and just have that cross court pass over the head, you know, and then have that step back three that's from way out there just all of a sudden you know it's there's exciting times but the style of play from a team basketball perspective is very frustrating at times um do you feel like Kyrie is going to be the answer going forward or do you think that it's going to be just this season type of thing uh yeah I mean that's that's the thing that I can't really answer it's like uh I mean I'm I'm I was skeptical of the move just because I'm I'm skeptical of in season trades that mm. don't have a long-term or that that just it the, the long-term viability of that trade is is up in the air I mean that's that's like you know I think that's pretty objective fact and um so it's really just like a it feels like a short-term gamble yeah um and so that to me is where now if any player could adapt it is him um because he knows how to play with mega stars uh, you know, LeBron certainly wasn't as ball dominant as Luca, but still he knows how to do that. And a lot of the reason why Brunson worked with Luca last year is because Luca does hold the ball for a long time. He tries to do all sorts of things. And then Brunson gets the ball in his hands with like less than eight seconds left on the, on the clock. He knows how to play make in a short amount of time, which is really, really key. And it's what Dallas was missing this year. Dinwiddie's not that. Um, so Kyrie can be that and uh, you sacrifice a lot of defense. So we'll see. I mean, this is just like a, this just feels like a do like a couple shots and let's, let, let's just see what happens. I don't know. That is my whole outlook for the year. It is like, who knows? I don't know. Uh, Jason, for those who don't know, he, if you guys remember a couple of years back, I know it was big in Sacramento, the Hall of Luca song. Mm-hmm. He, he co-wrote that, yes. right? Did you write the whole thing or it was a, you, you I wrote the whole thing. You wrote the oh whole thing. Oh, my God. One. So good. Um, my, one of my favorite things that you were able to do, though, you're a Mavs fan. You guys got to play that live at a Mavs game. That, that had to have been a bit surreal. Oh, it definitely was. It was a lot of fun. Um, I think that it, there was a, like actually like a bit of um, awkwardness just because, like, 
you know, it's like the other team sitting right there. <laughs> it's sort of like, there's. The, I'll tell you just like a, a brief thing. So we, it was a really weird game early. It was kind of like one of those early evening games, like late afternoons. And they were letting fans into the arena early because there was a bad storm. And so we had to sound check while the Rockets were doing shoot around. Uh, and, 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 and people were screaming at us. I mean, like screaming at us. And they were like, we had heard like, Chris Paul is pissed, like all this other stuff. And it was so great. It was so great because I was, I'm not doing anything other than fake playing guitar, but the singer Isaac Lee is like eyes closed singing. And like, you got the Rockets, like coaching staff, just losing their minds. So um, that was, it was a lot of memorable moments, but that was a really actually super fun because that was a pretty pivotal game for Luca uh, super early in his career. They were down by 15 in the fourth and he kind of single-handedly off of like multiple step back threes brought them back. And so it was like a really pivotal game for him. Um, so it was a lot of fun. I, I, I had, a, I had a great time. I, I'm just a little, just, I, I, I remember seeing that. I thought he played the guitar. I did too. You sold that. I dude. did too. The well, way- I, play, I play guitar, okay. um, but not well, but well enough to fake it. Okay. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? Um, so it was one of those things where um, I was just going to have Isaac do it. And then he was like, be great if you were up there. And I was like, only if I can wear a wig. And so, yeah, as you can see, I like to I, I like to cover my face as much as possible. <laughs> it's such a beautiful face. It's it, beautiful face. Beautiful song, like we said. And it obviously brought the good energy that night. Um, Jason, I want to talk more about you work on one of the best podcasts out there. Uh, the Old Man and the Three. And... It's with JJ Reddick. What's it like working with JJ Reddick? Uh, I love it. I mean, I mean, he is uh, from a basketball perspective. I, I, I feel I really have had to pinch myself a couple times. You know, working in media, uh, a lot of times it can it can get a little like I don't know mundane. Yeah. Um, I, I guess that's a that's a generous way of, of putting it, and and so. So after the ringer, like getting to work with with somebody who has like this genuine love for basketball, just like genuine curiosity, love, why we why do people love it? How does it work? Blah, blah, blah. Um, And it's like it's reinvigorated a love that I have for basketball in in, in an amazing way. So just like on that front, I just love it. I mean, he you know, when you go to dinner with J.J., you're going to be talking about basketball for like two and a half hours. And he's in that in like, and you start to get into some really weird, deep conversations with him about like life and sports and all this other stuff. Like it happened every single time. Um, and then, you know, just being able to be in the room and some of these interviews um, and hear the conversation before and after, like, those are really fun. Guys really respect them. They're very open with them. So that's, it's just been sort of like a, a you know, having to tell my younger self, like, dude, you should like be like really taking this in and, and appreciating this. And who knows, you know, what the future holds, but the now right now is like, you're sitting in the room with, with some all timers. Yeah. Cool. And so cool. I, I think too, what it shows is like, you know, you have the way that basketball is talked about maybe on social media or on the networks at ESPN and to get that perspective. And it's not, you know, I think some some execs would look at it and be like, no, people are into the super nerdy mm. basketball stuff. They want who's the yeah. goat, whatever that conversation is. And it's just been fascinating to kind of see 
how you guys have built a legit audience. It's based on people wanting to learn more about the game, but also hear some really compelling conversations with players who are willing to open up to JJ because they're just talking. I, I don't know. I just, it's, it's great stuff. It's and it's, it's great for the game to have that type of content. Yeah, no, I mean, he, you know, I think if you'd asked him, he, he initially was like, my, the, the goal here is to humanize the player. Mm. Um, I think that that is like, you know, obviously JJ really cares about educating the audience sort of blah, blah, blah. But like part of that education is just to understand how much these people are people. Um, and, and oftentimes, I mean, I, I definitely was this way too. It's like, you, you can, you can view them as something much larger or, or almost, almost just like you should, you should always be happy or you should do this or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, no, these are human beings um, that uh, are also obsessed with basketball. It's like, so great. I, I, sometimes it's like, I'm like, why, man, the cameras are off. Like, stop talking about bad. Like, why do you all want to talk about basketball? And that's all they want to talk about is basketball. It's so funny. So, yeah, no, it's, um, it's been really cool hearing some of your conversations. And like we said, it's just so important for basketball players to humanize other basketball players too. Cause I think there's just a connection there that fans go, Oh yeah. Like this is how things work. Now we've obviously here in Sacramento have heard JJ Reddick talk about the Kings over this last year. <laughs> it's amazing. People hate JJ Reddick. Oh, in Sacramento. it is bizarre. <laughs> I Jason, don't. It's hilarious how much people will just hate JJ Reddick, not because of his playing days or anything, but yeah. because of a certain thing that he says about the Sacramento Kings. And I know as of late too, like he's had some really great things to say um, yeah. about some of these guys, but does, does JJ in some ways, hate the Kings? <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, look, I mean, I, I, what's funny to me, cause I get this by like association for some reason. Yes. Like, like people will like fans will come at me and be like, yeah, you freaking like Kings hater. And it's like, all right, well, like I'm a producer and I push buttons and I listen to things and that's what I do. So let's like relax on like the importance <laughs> of anything I have to say or at all. Um, but, but what I would say is that um, look, he's not shy about his bias uh, on like, let, let, let's just like Tyrese Halliburton, right? Yeah. We liked him. He came on the show anytime we wanted. They got along really well. I got along with him really well. So at least from my perspective, there's a thousand percent bias. I think from JJ's perspective, there was bias mixed with, Hey, like there's a history of mismanaging certain situations from that front office. Sure. So, so you could understand the reaction to it. Um, I will say that, um, he's, he's like, loves what they've done. Like we just did, we're, we have a video that's coming out this week. It's our second episode of a, of a thing that he and I do together called islands in the league, where he does this sort of monologue thing. Um, and he's talking about in season trades at work and he specifically didn't mention the Pacers or Tyrese. He'd mentioned the Kings and Sabonis and how that is an ideal in season trade, something that is more long-term that you do in season and then you take the off season, you take training camp, you get build chemistry, whatever. And then you put yourself in a position to compete in the playoffs. I mean, he, he, you know, I, I don't think he would go out of his way to mention that if he hated it. <laughs> yeah, it is so funny. People just assume, and he was super passionate about it. That's why I dig about JJ. Like he does have tremendous passion for the absolutely. game. That, that just that absolutely comes through. So, Jason, yeah. I, I know you, like, you've rediscovered your love for basketball. I don't know if you've rediscovered your love for the All-Star game at all, especially Oof. after what happened on Sunday. Like, 
do, do you have any like ideas of like should it be fixed is it like a conversation with players it was just it was kind of a weird game uh yeah it was really weird it sucked um i mean weird i wouldn't even say it just sucked straight up sucks yeah uh, terrible terrible i will say a couple things one i do think that um i like that conferences are are out of it in terms of how we um like like you know uh draft the players or whatever but it's sort of like i do kind of think that that they have to have some stakes like I, i don't feel like there's any stakes when you're doing a draft right before the game and so my bit honestly would be to go back to conferences one Okay. Um, just because it's like, I think guys quietly had pride in that. Um, mm. And then, and then second, now this is, this is, this is my real take here. Okay. Much like the Oscars or the Grammys or whatever. <laughs> I think that they should hire a director for these things, a different director every time and add some, uh, some cool visuals to the entire weekend. I know that sounds insane, but what I'm saying is that like, uh, we got to spice this thing up and make it unique and make it fun. And let's get a creative mind in there. Somebody who has nothing to do with sports and be like, how would you film this? How would you do like, use this as your ex experimenting time. Um, so that's my big bit. I used to believe that about the dunk contest yeah. that you should get director every time, throw a green screen in there, get some Marvel effects, do whatever. <laughs> it's all about the pictures afterwards anyways. And now I see this sucky game. I'm just like, well, let's frig it. Let's just do it the whole weekend. I, I don't know. This is, this is my bit. I don't know if it's ever going to be competitive. So you might as well try to make it more. Yeah. He's got that producer mind. Exactly. Yep. Be open-minded. Make it that I, and see so you start saying that I go, make it more like wrestling. Yes. Yes, make it dude, a show. I want, dude, I want promos. Dude, I, my great Shark Tank idea is, I want to make a uh, basketball wrestling league. Like, wh- what if you could wrestle during basketball? I mean, how? I mean, should we do this? Like, what is going on? Okay, wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, wait. This is. I love this idea. I do love this idea, but I also want to throw in there because Deuce had a thing too, where if a guy gets hit in the balls on purpose, especially right that that guy should be able to go to center court and the whole crowd watches him hit the other guy in the balls. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just basic. Instead of suspending or whatever, like Dylan Brooks hit someone nuts, he, you get to retaliate immediately. Absolutely. So we're on board with anything wrestling yeah. and retaliating, yeah. all these things. I love but, it. Wait, I, wait, I got to go back to what Jason was saying. Wait, so wrestle, <laughs> you want, like, get into a ring and wrestle? Like a... Yeah, no. Uh, li- listen, listen. <laughs> okay. All right? Imagine a ring that is a little bit more rectangle size, okay, that has two goals, and you can script it or whatever, but it's like, it's just outrageous three-on-three basketball where you can fight and wrestle. Like, why not? Like, this is amazing. I, I don't I don't get, like, whenever I watch wrestling and they, like, climb ladders and get the thing on yes. the thing, I'm like, yes, give them a goal. Give them a goal. I'm into this. And that's, that's kind of both, both, in my opinion, are running a little, you know, wrestling's can i'm just i'm just selling the idea i'm giving free ideas no i i want ideas we this is where we're at though this is like the ratings were lower than ever and it was just was not good i mean i'm like the hardest of hardcore nba fan i turned it on at 4 30 the game didn't start till like six pacific time right and then it was just Giannis plays the first play leaves that i don't think i've ever seen a game where guys were just like walking it, it was like it wasn't even fun offensively right like they were just kind of chucking things up laying it laying up laying it dunk. up there was nothing fun about it i really do think i i I, do, I really do think something combined with like you know if you're nikola jokic and you get drafted to the team you're playing on 
five seconds before the team starts and you're playing for team LeBron. Like, do you really care? Like, I just, I just think there's nothing to play for. Yeah. And, 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 and I know that conferences, I just, I, I honestly think that you would be raising the bar that much, but at least it's that much. Like, give them something. At least yeah. when they drop Thursday night, there's like four days to pretend like you're on the same team or whatever. That's like, true. they don't even know what they, this, this is stupid. I, I don't know. I just like think this is so stupid. No, and it's true. Like, the whole West versus East thing, there would always be a debate hey, who's better? Yeah. Who's got the more time? Like, there's just more fun. You, you pick the team that way, Western Eastern Conference, but then you put them on teams like that team, Giannis team, LeBron. It is kind of weird. You're right. There's nothing to really play for. They just also part of it too. I was telling Morgan, can you just play with, I don't know, pride? Like it, you're getting paid to do this. Like go have fun. This is game. This is, this is a game for the fans. Like what? Celebrate it. Uh, do you, I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, how much does pride factor in? I mean, they, they, you know, this was discussed earlier today on ESPN. I don't remember which, which show it was on, but like, if LeBron seriously hurts his hand in that game, then the discussion: mm. Why are they trying that hard? And I kind of like, I just, I don't know. I think when, when, with all that's at stake, um, you know, I, I, I in, 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 we're talking about like load management now. That's a big thing, and with everything that's at stake in sort of players trying to preserve their body. Like, I just don't see a world in which they're like, yeah, I'm going to go sacrifice my body for pride. Like they're just not going to do it. You got to give them something else. And um, I don't know. That was just a terrible product. I mean, like, I just like, I can't, I love the all-star. I'm like, it couldn't be, I'm I'm the audience for it, dude. I take my kid to Disneyland every year. I'm corny as hell. (laughs) But but like that was unwatchable. It was. Terrible. And this is where green screens in wrestling can absolutely come into play and make things better. But what about like a moat around the around the court, Ooh. a moat with alligators in the moat. That is, it's genius too. Because if you try and go save a ball, like you're gonna fall into water full of alligators, and watching them try to scramble out of that is entertainment. Jason Gallagher, just producer yeah, of the, the year, right here. Life, the your life needs to be on the line. <laughs> um, That's I, what you need to feel. I did want to ask Jason because you mentioned the uh, load management, and we were just talking about that earlier. Did you actually hear Adam Silver's comments about load management? Sort of. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It it was just it was weird. Okay, and he was just kind of talking about, um, you know, fans are still paying for tickets and the ticket numbers are still so high up there. So obviously, it's not a problem with fans. But yeah. you're seeing these games being played, some of these big games being played without their stars. Do you have any solutions? I know we're asking you for solutions yeah. for All Star Game and now load management. You're now the commissioner for some reason. Yeah, we have made you commissioner, I guess. Do you have any solutions for the load management crisis? <laughs> I think you got to bring the alligators in. Oh, oh. Um, no, but in all seriousness, I, I look. That was a weird. Yeah, I remember at one point during the press conference, I was a little like, "You sound like the hot dog suit meme guy," who's like. There's just so many games. And it's like, yeah, I wonder whose fault that is. Like, it's a little bit like that. I think that the scheduling can be smarter. I think that that's number one, is that that some of the scheduling, um, you know, J- we, we had C.J. McCollum on, who is the president of the uh, Players Association, and he's sort of talking about it from his standpoint. And he's sort of like really detailed out what it is to play a back-to-back in two cities, you know, a certain distance away. And it is sort of like, yeah, I mean, I – 
that that I know that they get paid a lot of money, but that is like a lot of uh, to put on your body, um, you know, for for a back to back. And is it really, really worth it to do if you're not getting sleep? And, you know, your body does respond to that kind of lack of sleep and uh, and lack of, you know, proper preparation. Um, so so I do think that the scheduling can just be a little smarter. I mean, you know, like everyone who says less games usually gets pushed back that nobody will agree to that for money and blah, blah, blah. But like, I don't know if it's not that, then, then we're just going to have to deal with it. Or, you know, like the teams announced at the beginning, like, Hey, just a heads up. Giannis is not playing this game, this game, this game. Mm. And like, maybe if people were just more upfront, I don't know what that does to anything, but I can't imagine the league would like that. Cause then ticket sales go down. And yeah. stuff. I don't know. I, I, I like, it is a, it is a real, conundrum because because i think players have been accustomed to being paid a certain amount of money i think you know all that stuff and no one's sacrificing any of that so it it's going to fall on the fans but but this is i don't know i don't know man it's 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 really weird just like the all-star game it's like a, the consumer is speaking i mean the ratings for the all-star game is super low yeah i think the consumer is speaking about this and it will have to be addressed i just i'm glad i'm not in charge of that one <laughs> <laughs> Jason, we have we're up against it because we're doing this live on the radio, obviously too. But uh, we're gonna have to have you on again soon, maybe on the podcast too. But uh, you're the best. I appreciate you making time for us, man. Thank you, guys. Y'all are the best, dude. You're the best. Uh, what, what's coming? <laughs> Do you have anything else coming up soon, like that you want to promote? Uh, I'm really excited about this week's uh, Islands in the League episode. I think it's really great. It's about um, in season trades and the sort of history of them and the way that you know they work but then also i got to write a sketch and jj acted in the sketch and uh it is really 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 stupid and i'm so psyched for it to see the light of day i can't wait love to see stupidity. It, man. well hey thank you so much man we'll, we'll talk to you soon thank you guys see ya yeah see ya jason gallagher so nice of him dude great guy like love that guy and so creative even yeah. the alligators he's one of those guys that like we have to talk to for like an hour yeah maybe jg will bring the podcast on the road when the kings are playing the mavs in the first round oh oh wow you're going there yeah we gotta take a break we're overdue it's do some on sackdown sports And local. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. Maybe a short week, but we're going to jam a lot of awesome things this week. I know on tomorrow's show, great NBA podcaster, Combo. Ugh. He's going to drop by the show. Hooper. Friday, Noah Eagle will be live yeah. with us on the show. I'm so excited. Noah Eagle is the Clippers radio voice. He also does NFL games, Nickelodeon games. I mean, he does college games. Does it all. And he's 25 years old. And so talented. Also, I know what you're thinking. Oh, his dad's Ian Eagle, and that means like nepotism. No, his dad is actually Sam Eagle, one of the Muppets. No. No. His dad is Ian Eagle. Oh, okay. Who's also a broadcaster. Uh, Noah Eagle is so talented. And? I don't know. The nicest human oh, being. Oh, yeah, he's great. Ever. I mean, I, you think I'd have some ass on the show? No. <laughs> no, but like, he's like up there with like Jason Ross type of great. nice, great human being. Yes. Really talented. And he's like 25. Yep. 25 years old. No big. Stud. He'll be on the show Friday. Uh, we're going to have story time with Chris for a lot. Oh, man, we have like no time, do we? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, all right.
right, maybe let's... I'll sh- share a little in uh, with Rami. Yeah, let's do that. We're, we'll do story time with Christopher Lodd. Rami has to react yes. to it. That's a great idea. <laughs> uh, we have got people patiently waiting. Let's kick things off on the phone lines. 339-1140. What's up, Ben? Justin Mo, I love you guys. I hope you guys are doing so well. Oh, we're Aww. doing so great right now. <laughs> I love you guys. Hey, so I'll make it quick because I know you guys are up against it. So, um, hey, so my idea for the NBA All-Star break to be a little bit more interesting okay. is kind of adopting uh, kind of what the MLB did and then and then transitioning it to the NBA. So it's you go back to conference. And you make them play for whoever gets home court advantage in the finals. And uh, I thought I you were going to say was... that they should play in baseball uniform. Like they play the game of basketball <laughs> and they wear baseball no. uniforms. Could you imagine that? They have to wear cleats, though. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. No, that, that would not be great. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if they would fit in those pants. Um, they, what I think they should do, that would give some, them some advantage. The best players from each conference are fighting because they're the best players from the best teams. They're fighting for their team to have I home guess, court advantage. Has that revolutionized the Major League Baseball All-Star game? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's something. No, I, it, it may not have, but I, I think that would give them some more incentive to actually play hard. They're like, my team's in the hunt. We can do this. That's all I have to say. Mm. So I, I love you guys so much. I love listening to you guys. And uh, you guys have a great rest of your uh, show. Thank you. Love you, Ben. Appreciate it. So sweet. Uh, you said love you more than my mom did growing up. Oh, well, did it make you feel good? You know, sometimes, you know, to be honest, Oh, I, I used to get uncomfortable when people close to me said love you. <laughs> close to you? Yeah, just because it was just like, I, I it just felt weird. Like, am I supposed to say it back? Like, because we weren't, like, as a growing up, it wasn't like, hey, come cuddle a little deuce. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. I had the complete it was, opposite. It was go get the soap. Let me put it in your mouth. I mean, that's sad. I had the like, you say I love you, you say thank but you, you say please, you say. I got soap in my mouth, not for cussing. What'd you get it for? I called 911 and hung up. Well. I was doing a prank. My, I was like five. I don't agree so with what, soap. What's my punishment? And... Go put some nasty soap in your mouth? Yeah, that's child abuse. Yeah, no. that's like a, hey. What you did was very wrong, yeah. and it's very important, and this is why you need to know about nope. it. Yeah. Go to the bathroom. Let's get the soap. And then I'm not going to show you any love or tell you I'm proud of you your whole life. And in fact, I'm just going to talk about myself. But yeah, no, that's awful. As I've gotten older, I'm definitely more of a lover. Like, you say I love you back? Yeah. Aw, that's really sweet. Love you, Deuce. You too, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Doug? Hey, I love you guys back. Oh, love you, Doug. Love you too. See? That, is that like right in there? Hope your show is going well because I just started listening to it. And I caught in at the end of it here. You guys are talking about that creative ways to help the NBA and the All-Star game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's one you can kick around for a topic. I don't know if you can solve it, though, but um, you know how we do the Ryder Cup with the United States against the world? Yeah. Why don't we do, why don't we do a game? I don't know when they're going to do it, but the United States against everybody else who comes in. They go to college here. They turn pro here, and they play against us in the Olympics. Why don't we have that game and then see if you could do some spinoff of that? Like a U.S. versus the international players. Yeah. So that, and then the other one I was thinking is that if if you're trying to do something during the the All-Star game whatever, I think that the uh, Players Association would get involved and say, look, we're going to go in and we're going to ensure you if you happen to get hurt and uh, through, you know, uh, multiple doctors' uh, opinions and that kind of stuff – and then they have a dollar amount 
and, and the millions of dollars said, here, this career we believe is worth this. And we're going to go in. And <laughs> You're going that. really we deep on us, Doug. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I hear you. I think I think part of the thing, too, with the game, I appreciate it, Doug. We're up against it. we got to get to one more. Okay. But um, like, it's just being realistic about it. Like, I, I am never going to live in a world where I expect that these guys are going to go at it like it's a big-time game. And I know I've been on social media recently, and people are reposting – all-star games where defense is being played. I'm like, yeah, yeah you're showing me a fourth quarter of a close game. And, yeah. yes, if the game was close the other day, I I do think it would have been more competitive at the end. It's an all-star game. Just give me a little more. Well, That's it, all. It's kind of like what Jason Gallagher said about LeBron hitting his hand, and he's like, hey, these guys don't want to get hurt, and I get it. Let's squeeze in one more. What's up, Nick? What's up, Deuce and Mo? How are you? Good, good, Nick. What's up, man? I miss you. What? Well, I miss you guys, too. You know, tomorrow we have a game tomorrow, and I'll be at the game tomorrow against Portland. I need to see the beam late tomorrow, and Friday's game is at 7.30. Gosh, that's got to hurt against the Clippers. Oh, you're right. The stupid 7.30 games. Ugh, it should be illegal. It should be illegal. That means we're going to have a late-night chat. Yeah, late-night <laughs> chat. Um, Nick, how did your basketball th- tournament I, go over I, the weekend? Well, it went pretty good on Sunday. I I played some good defense, and I won. I came in the first place, and I got a gold medal. How, can you give me your stat line? Like, how many points do you think you had? <laughs> I I think I had uh, – God, I can't remember what points, but I think it was 26. 26 10. points. 26 points, 10 Nick? rebounds. Okay, Nick. Yeah. Did you get, yeah, did you have double-digit re- – do you have 10 rebounds? Yes. Oh, Mr. Double Double. So okay. do you think, I, sent you, I, I sent you my gold medal over to Facebook Messenger, Deuce. You know, oh, okay. I, look at I, I don't ever check Facebook, but I'll look for you. Um, but, would you would you know, get the defensive player of the game chain for Mike Brown? Yes, okay. I will. Okay, good. All right, man. Tomorrow, I need to see the beam lit, Morgan. Why not light the beam? Why not light the beam, Nick? Hey, we're up against it, but appreciate you calling in, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? <laughs> We're going to go to the playoffs. Let's go to the playoffs. Let's Why not? Go. Go to the Why, not? Why not? All right. Coming up next, we get story time with Chris Berlot. And Rami can buckle up because he gets to enjoy it with us. <laughs> it's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. <laughs> it's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports. You just don't know what's in store. You know, we started this new thing called Storytime with Christopher Lodd where he would bring us stories that maybe we, didn't, we wouldn't otherwise get to. Mm-mm. First couple of days, oh, this, this is fun. Yesterday took a dark turn that I was a little uncomfortable with. Uncomfortable? What, what happened way. yesterday? I didn't, just, I didn't catch it. A lot of death. Oh, just a lot of it like, was just one. Okay. A, yeah. guy, a guy passed out on a uh, blackjack, blackjack table. table. Yeah, and died. And, and died? his family's yeah. well, the, the dealer. No, he didn't die. The dealer kept on dealing, and it wasn't until another dealer came in and said, like, hey, this guy doesn't look like he's breathing, and he looks discolored. 26 minutes later, after he passed out, paramedics came in. They revived him, but then a few months later, he died. He died. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Either way. It's yeah. just, you know, it's they don't, they're not really uplifting. I thought we're going to get some uplifting stuff. <laughs> Hasn't been. Uh, by the way, the other voice you hear is Rami. Hi. He's with Cattles uh, after us from 2 to 6 today. So we figured, you know what? Let's do Chris, Chris's story time 
with Rami here, so he can be subjected yes. to this too. I'm a big Chris Verlod fan. Yeah, so I'm here for it. I'm 100 percent here for it. Yeah. You know that sound? It's time for story time with Chris Verlod, baby. baby. All right, since you're our guest, uh, Rami, I yes. can give you like kind of just a. Would you like an animal story? Oh, would God. you be like uh, a roommate story? Would you? Okay. Oh God. Uh, I've got I've got a zombie story. Those are my three options. Yep. Animal, yep. roommate, or zombie. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go roommate. Okay. Just I feel that's just a hunch. That's just a gut instinct to go with roommate. I feel like that's where the money's at. I'm okay. So this comes from Evansdale, Iowa. Quad City Times. Sandra Jean Crow, 63, had a win of a lifetime. She won $30,000 on a winding candy cane crossword scratcher in Iowa. So it was purchased for $3 at a Quick Star in Waterloo. Okay, okay. Unfortunately, a month later, police were called to her house for disturbance between her and her 45-year-old roommate, Alvin Hans Larson III. I, I am so glad you put the names in there, as if we need to know the names. It, I, you like need to know. No, it might make sense. Okay. You need to know Sandra sounds... Jean Crow and Alvin Hans Larson III. That guy sounds like royalty. That guy sounds <laughs> like he's a prince of some small country somewhere. So while they were there, police could hear them arguing, and they were talking about the winnings. And uh, Crow said that the ticket was a gift from Larson. And that she deserved the $30,000. Then the police interviewed Larson. He said that ticket wasn't a gift. It was his ticket. Oh. Drama. It, it was his ticket. And he said that uh, he's the one that bought it. He he scratched it, got everything. He, sh- he was the winner. But he did not want to claim the money himself because he had outstanding debts <laughs> and liens, including $919 that he owed to the city of Evansdale. <laughs> So then Larson's telling the police his story. They're getting this story. And then Crow says, like, yeah, that's happened. Larson told them. that's. Uh, so she said, like, yeah, that's what happened. But, like, it's my ticket. I should keep as much money as I want. Oh. So they're both arrested and charged with lottery <laughs> fraud, a felony in Iowa. I was going to say that has to be against the law. Crow was released from jail and Larson's on bond, currently set for $5,000. Wow. Yeah. yeah you, can't just, you can't do that. So that was so that wasn't bad. No, that's no. fine. That was just you know t- two couple dumb roommates. Yeah, all right, all definitely right. thought someone was going to die. Didn't happen. We're good. First, right. and when you first said out, when you were saying he had outstanding, I thought the next word was warrants. And he <laughs> called and he called the cops yeah. to come to the and house. You got nine hundred nineteen dollars in liens, dude. You just got thirty thousand dollars. Just, just yeah, pay it off. Nineteen dollars. Yeah. You're lanes. good. That's all right. I've been I've been teasing dumb. this zombie star- story for a while. Okay. So, okay. Give us the zombie this story. is from insurance.com. They do different insurance rankings and stuff like that. Okay. They they did this. What is what state is the best state and what is the worst state to be in in case of a zombie apocalypse? Huh. Okay, best state and worst state. So do you guys want to take a guess? <sighs> hmm. Best state. <sighs> I'm going to say Florida for worst state because that just feels like the worst state for anything. Oh, that's um, true. That's a good that's point. True. So I'm going to go with Florida for worst state. Okay. Best state? I got to think mountains are good. Yeah. So like Portland? Zombies can't go up mountains? I mean Oregon? Or, yeah, Oregon or like, like uh, Alaska. Arizona, Colorado, maybe even California. <laughs> you, you guys are like pretty good with that. Really? The, Alaska. The, the best place to be is Wyoming because there's not a lot of people that live there. There's a lot of mountains. Okay. Uh, no, it's such a trendy spot to live now. Like right. every, everyone lives there. I, I live in Jackson Hole. <laughs> Unfortunately, if you live in California. It's over. Really? California's the worst? We are screwed. 
Yes, that's correct. <laughs> I did not. Th- I did not. And it's because they, so they did this. Highly populated. They did this. They they looked at so the top five. The worst five were California, Texas, Florida, New York, and Pennsylvania. Too many people. There's a lot of people there. Yeah. A lot of surrounding areas. Like especially if you're a dense populated area, they say that's the worst place to be. Yeah. Also, they checked at Google searches to see who's actually preparing for a zombie apocalypse. Who? <laughs> Guess what? In California, not a lot of people are preparing for that zombie apocalypse Idiots. that's finally coming. So that's 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 like so like if you're in Wyoming, you're like yes, zombie apocalypse is going. I'm getting prepared. I'm set. I'm ready. How that's do you prepare for a zombie in a, apocalypse? And who is preparing the most for a zombie apocalypse? Obviously, Wyoming. Oh. <laughs> Insane, dude. So dumb. So I think we got time for we got time for yeah. one. Dude, sure, more. let's go. We got one more. So this takes place in Lancaster, England. Okay, according to CNN. A student pilot safely landed a plane after his flying instructor pretended to fall asleep while he completed a circuit around Blackpool Airport. He pretended to fall asleep? At least that's what he thought. Oh. Unfortunately, he was not pretending to fall asleep. He had suffered a heart attack. Shortly oh, after takeoff, there we go. the instructor's head rolled back, oh, and my. these guys knew each other for quite some time. So he's like, "Oh, he's this Bill. He's just he's like, doing a prank. He's yeah, just yeah pranking, okay, I'll land guy. Yeah. I guess so, I'll land the plane." So it's like, "Okay, he's pretending." When they turned around, the hilarious Roger. Yeah, the the instructor's head slumped over onto his shoulder. At this point, he still thought he was messing with them <laughs> and pretending to be asleep. It wasn't until they landed safely and the instructor was still <laughs> resting on the student's head that he realized something was wrong. At that point, he alerted airport emergency services, but they were unable to revive the man and he oh, passed God. away. Chris, Chris, damn it. What are you doing? I would have rather ended on the zombies. Yeah. Really? And then he turned into so, a zombie and ripped his head off. Yeah. His end. friend dies, I, but he landed the plane. I don't believe it. I suspect foul play. You think, I think oh, you he think killed him on that plane, Ooh. and that's his story. Ooh. That's his alibi. That's, that's a Netflix doc for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's definitely going to be sure. a Netflix doc. Like where your mind went. Right? Um, Gave him some up? kind of poison. Took him 20 minutes for the poison to set in and kill him. So he, he circled oh. circled a little bit, landed, and then he was like, I thought he was joking. You that's know actually what I mean? a good that series. A, that guy's a murderer. You I'd watch yeah, you yeah. try to create a dark mind. I love it. Or maybe I just uh, have thought about how to get away with a murder. Coming up on uh, Cattles and Rami today, we'll talk about the setback with the uh, Brock Purdy oh. surgery. They're going to have to wait a little oh. bit to do that. We have Jeff Zilgit of USA Today to talk Sweet. some uh, NBA and Kings and plenty of Kings talk throughout the afternoon and more weird, wacky stuff throughout the afternoon. Some stories like that. Oh, we're doing a uh, we're doing a, a draft of your driving pet peeves. Mo, your driving pet peeves. Oh, What's not using one? your blinker, <laughs> dudes. I'm the same way. I don't. Understand. It's the easiest thing you could do. <laughs> like, why not just? Thank you. Make so we'll do that. So we'll do that. Also, right. if you drive a Tesla, if you have an electric car and you go autopilot, you still have to pay attention. How many? Great my point. buddy, my buddy's Great a firefighter. He had blo- his fire. This just happened. It was in the news. He's firefighter. They blocked off with a fire truck uh, the the entrance to a freeway because there was an accident. This Tesla just comes going in at like eighty something miles per hour, runs into the fire wow. truck. Driver pronounced dead at the scene. Yeah. Wow. Because oh, there goes I guess nice drive more death. All right. My goodness. Hey, that was story time with Chris Verlaw. This is Deuce and Mo. We'll be back. 
Tomorrow, of course, Kettles and Rami coming up next. We love you guys, but we got to go. See ya! The only place you'll find Malik Monk Get in the AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? So, you've got an oil change coming up. Consider STP Conventional High Mileage to save on motor oil for your everyday vehicle. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP oil filter for only $26.99. Do the complete job for the right price. Get the parts you need when you need them. No matter the sport, there can be a happy ending if you're on the right team. So reach for your phone and switch to Consumer Cellular. Save up to half on your wireless bill. And you keep your phone and your number. There's no contract or activation fee. And you get unlimited talk and text, flexible data plans, starting at just 20 bucks a month. Consumer Cellular, ranked number one in customer service among value mobile virtual network operators 13 times in a row by J.D. Power. Choose an award-winning, 100% U.S.-based customer support team with a real person ready to help you. Pick up your cell phone, dial pound 250, and say the keyword, the herd. You'll have the option to receive a one-time auto dial text message from Consumer Cellular. Dial pound 250, say the keyword, the herd, limited time, get 25 bucks off your bill. That's pound 250, keyword, the herd.